Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Next Lander podcast. Here we are recording this. I assume we're just recording this while we all wait in a Helldiver's queue somewhere. Mm-hmm. Alex Navarro, how are you? Uh, yeah, we're all kind of in that limbo, unless you're playing in the middle of the day, uh, which is actually where I've mostly been playing lately. Yes, yeah, so, uh, a note to the audience, push play on your podcast now and enter the queue. Brad Shoemaker, how are you? My database is overloaded. Overloaded? There- I, need to, I need to spin up some more shards. It's it's very easy. You just yeah, turn no, it on. Look, just, just get some more servers. What's What are they waiting on? Just are hit they, the more servers button. Lazy devs should, should just buy more servers. What's totally the problem? Totally ridiculous. Cash the check from Steam and buy more servers. That's how uh, stuff works. We'll talk about Helldivers 2 in just a minute here because, um, look, it is kind of a mess, but uh, that game is still very fun. If you can uh, get in. Before we get to that, Alex, how's Zeke doing? Zeke check-in. Zeke. Zeke watch. Yeah, because I don't think we've mentioned Zeke uh, coming home since the last time we did the regular podcast. But yes, we have our new cat friend here in our home, uh, a big old boy named Zeke. He is a mix of a domestic short hair and a Maine Coon. Uh, very scared for the first day we had him here. <laughs> Understandable. New environment, uh-huh. you know, not with his uh, cat brethren anymore. And uh, after about 24 hours, he immediately came out and just started headbutting everything, including Great. us, uh, in the in a very friendly way. You've got a, yes, uh, it sounds like you got a young child there. Just yeah, a, six months old, and yeah. he's already eight pounds. He's going to be a beefcake. Uh, you posted pictures in the Discord in the Pets channel. Uh, yeah. That thing looks like you have adopted a small bobcat. That yeah. Is a, <laughs> he's big. a big old boy, man. <laughs> uh, he, Beautiful and, cat, though. Totally beautiful, really adorable, very friendly, uh, has not come out into the rest of the house yet, has not met Tangy yet, but Tangy so far is just like, she smells his stuff and it's just kind of like, okay, <laughs> she, she and knows. then just goes on about her business. Uh-huh. She, she knows. She knows, but I don't think she's that worried about it, which makes me happy because our older cat, Ava, the, the one who passed away back in December, loved her to death, loved humans to death was a real bitch with other cats when they would first come into the house. Like, did not, very territorial. Well, let's see how they get along. But they're closer in age, uh, Tangy yes. and Zeke, yeah? Yeah, but okay. they're about two years apart. Right. That's a good That's a good age. That's yeah. a good age. I think they'll get along. It'll take a little time, but they'll get along. Um, Alex, before we get into it, I also wanted to mention that finally, I was able to share the glory of the New Jersey Port Authority commute, especially the late night commute with somebody. You and I went into the city to go meet. Hachi uh, Machi. Abby was in town. Finally, the post 10 o'clock Port Authority free for all on the third floor was able to be shared and fully experienced. It's like Lord of the Flies (laughs) up there, and I'm not just talking about the (laughs) bugs buzzing around. Like, it's just... There are people who are very <laughs> cutthroat about the lines and uh-huh. just it's it's a mess in there. So if you've never been there, it's it's a it's a system where uh, like two or three or maybe more buses queue at the same door. The lines all mix together and the buses just kind of interweave as they show up. So people have to kind of leave the line to get in front of the people whose bus did not come, but nobody's there to announce which bus is coming. So people are just kind of peering out and hoping it's not their bus or their bus. There was it's, a guy. There was a guy. Coming oh, you out. had a guy. There okay. was a guy. He would seem to be the only guy for about six exits, but he would definitely <laughs> pop out and be like, all right, number one, two, eight, and then just run out of there. That was it. That's all you'd get from him. <laughs> I uh, I had thought when I was making that commute a lot. I had thought 
if I ever get the chance to retire, I'm just going to stand there with a whiteboard and yep. help this line out. Just walk out uh, there and be like, oh, it's gonna be mine, it's gonna <laughs> just volunteer. Well, you don't even know if that was an employee. That could have just been somebody yelling. Just some dude with a clipboard. I don't fucking know. <laughs> somebody, somebody that's just got a yelling fetish and is yep. there to get their jollies. Yeah. So it, it's it's a wild time, and it was. Uh, I felt bad because my bus was coming uh, as soon as we got there. So I was kind of like, all right, Alex, you got this. Cool, great. I'm gonna get on my bus. See you. Yeah. Bye. I was only uh, waiting about 20 minutes after you okay. left before I got on mine. It was no big deal. It's just that there were definitely a couple of instances where, like, I was getting ready to get online, and then one bus came came in ahead of mine, mm-hmm. and as soon as that one came, a dude just cut the line, and another dude fucking flipped out about it and was oh, like, yeah. the fuck are you doing, oh, man? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course, there were, like, 20 people in that line, so, like, that bus was definitely not full when it left, so it was uh-huh. no big deal, but, of course, that guy was just, like, ready to fucking knife someone over it. Did, Wait, uh, did, did the person the go move? behind them? Uh, no, he just kept going. <laughs> wow. He just didn't give a shit. Wow. 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 That's, how, that's how it goes. No law. Ain't no law, Port Authority. I, uh, I did the digital uh, uh, ticket, and, of course forgot i i never do the digital tick i usually have a paper one forgot as i'm online to just get it up queued so when i walked up to the bus i was like crap it's on my phone so i had to do the thing where i leave the line stand on the side of the bus yeah people were very nice let me back on anyway <sighs> now do it every day no. every, <laughs> how'd you like the bus ride because <sighs> we're about the same it, you know, so I took the Express the last time I went, and that wasn't so bad. This was, I had a weirdly hard time with, like, motion sickness, which is not a yeah. thing I normally have much of a problem with. The stopping, so the, the brakes and stuff can be The tough. constant stopping and starting on the regular bus, I think, is just too much, and it just, I, I don't know, like, something yeah. was hitting bad for me on that ride. I don't get motion sick a bunch either when it was, like, heavy traffic, and usually when it was the summer and the bus was very hot, I definitely had those feelings of, like, Oh well, this is just going to end poorly for everybody involved here. This yeah. is just going to be that situation I'm telling on the Ramble Cast, where I got super sick on a bus and you know, or I just lo- projectile vomited everywhere. <laughs> yes, Brad, how are you doing? I'm fine. Yeah. Just hanging out, still raining constantly. Is it? Is it still? Huh? Yeah, oh my, gosh. my mom's been updating me on that. We were recording the Watchcast yesterday. I kept taking my headphones off because it sounded like it was hailing outside. Like it was so. I think it was just rain, but it sounded, it was so, like, harsh sounding that I thought it was, like, large chunks of ice hitting outside. Uh, but anyway, I so, haven't washed away yet. Have you had a chance, a, a dry patch there to secure your wire yet? I, oh, yes. I uh, I attempted the JB welding of the cable to the building. And? Uh, two of the little clips, the little holders. I mean, to be clear, it was JB welding little <laughs> cable holders to the building, yeah. not the cable mm. itself. Two of them stuck. Great. One one did not. Fantastic. Okay. The, cable, the, cable was, the cable was loose enough and had enough slack that like the way I also I had to contort it around the window of the person upstairs who happens mm. to be the landlord. Uh, <laughs> I was like, you know, I probably shouldn't fix this cable so it's coming right down in front of his window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So curving it around that way a little bit, there was just enough tension that it wouldn't the 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 the, the gelatinous epoxy before it hit a set. Yeah, was not enough on its own to keep it to keep the. the I see. It was thing. pushing it, pushing enough against it. Yes, I should have. Okay. I should have taken some like duct tape out there to tape it up long enough for it to to fix. Good to for set, you to set and then cure. I guess is how it goes. So then, but I, two, of, I, two of the three did stick though. It is it is pretty well on there. But I was thinking it's dry this afternoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might climb back up the fire escape this afternoon and go fix that third one. Do you get a Do you get a little wobbly need when you're on the fire escape at all? You, you're fine. Uh, it, this is a ladder. It's not stairs. I don't know if that's, is that worse or better? Um, that's eh, fine. Doesn't okay. Matter. I don't know. All right. 
And you sound unbothered. <laughs> yeah, you know, gonna go do some. You gonna work on some high steel? Yeah, <laughs> you gonna? Yeah, so I'm doing doing some high steel work. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's only about a twenty foot ladder. It's not that big a deal. Okay. Um, uh, also, it, it's not like, um, it's not like your typical sort of New York like side of the building like graded uh, balcony kind of thing that we're talking uh, about. Like this is actual building I'm climbing up and standing on. Okay. Okay. Like there's actual construction, like actual roof, ceiling, whatever that I'm standing on out there. Not a 120 year old rusting uh, uh, wrought iron. Definitely not. Um, Well, Zeke, wires mounted, Mm -hmm. commutes done, or or at least trips to the city established and good. We've covered everything. Time to dive in. Time to dive into hell. Okay, Uh, folks. Hell Divers has had a journey. I sure has. It's still on it. Boy. If you've uh if you tried to dive, and chances are you probably have given the amount of people that are on the servers, um, it's been not great is is it's probably been the- not great. <laughs> uh they have had uh the developers Arrowhead have had a time with this game, and I think the latest things that have come out have been I think we mentioned this last time. What was Helldivers 1 was around 10,000 concurrents. I think they had, what I read, they had uh, estimated maybe 50,000 concurrents, and they are pushing now 450,000. Well, so I that's think, that's where they manage. capped it at. Yeah. 450 is the it. cap they ended up instituting to try to <laughs> to try to keep it playable for the people who could get on. Yeah. yeah. But who knows? I don't think they've actually said what the total, like, unfettered uh, <laughs> concurrent number is that they that they may have gotten um, cuz they don't you know we there's no there's no insight into PS5 numbers the way there is on Steam. So the uh a couple of things here let's just kind of run down cuz I've tried this a lot I'm sure you guys have tried to get into some stuff too. Mm-hmm. It basically what happens is if you are playing at any I'm going to just use East Coast uh, American time here after 5 uh things fall apart. Uh, yeah. The yeah. The, ser- the server queues really kick up. Uh, and it's not really server queues. So what it seems to be doing, they just patched it, which it, the experience is still pretty similar. You go to log in and you're hit with a, a screen that says the servers are full, basically. And then you get a 30 second or sometimes a minute countdown mm-hmm. before it'll try to ping into the servers again or establish a connection again. There's no like you are number 458th in line. There's no countdown that's like, hey, you're going to probably wait about 10 minutes or 20 minutes. You're just there. It seems, and this seems to be supported by what other people are saying. I don't think Arrowhead has said it themselves, but it seems to be you are just rolling the dice to catch an empty slot every time it tries to reestablish connection. Yeah. yeah. Um, seems, seems, like, seems like they launched without any kind of queuing system in place because they never in their wildest dreams imagined <laughs> they would have so many people that they would need something like that. Yeah. So saying a server queue is maybe a bit of an overstatement. Basically, you're just trying to hopefully get into a slot as somebody is, is coming out, uh, an empty slot. The other thing that's bananas. So- I wound up buying another copy of this to play with my son and my daughter at the same time. So my daughter plays on the PS5. I play on my main gaming PC, and my son plays on the other PC we have here. Mm-hmm. Um, and my son and I have been in the server queue every time we tried to play. They had off on Monday and Tuesday, so uh, we were trying to play in the evening, and it was it was a pain in the butt. But my daughter kept getting in. She was in all the mm-hmm. time. I'd be like, "Wait, you're in? How are you in?" And then I realized. When the PS5 is going to sleep, it's not kicking her from the server. She's waking up the PS5. She's still logged in the server 
on in the game, there's no AFK kick and there's no the PlayStation has gone to sleep kick. Why you got to blow up her spot yeah. like this? <laughs> I, I have seen some other people saying the same thing. That's no good. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. I would I would hope that I would hope that she's not actually taking a slot while it's in rest mode. I would I would hope the case is that when it wakes back up, it realizes like, oh, you're still on the ship, but not connected. We need to reestablish this connection. Okay, but what if it is? Um, I I don't know that games can maintain that level of network connectivity in rest mode, but maybe they can. I actually don't know. I mean, the she system can because the system can system download can. stuff in the background. System definitely can, yeah. but you know, think about most games that are online like that. When you would go into rest mode on either console, you'd come back and they would just be like, "Like network error, you've been disconnected." But maybe this one just gracefully reconnects. I hope. I mm-hmm. hope it's not the case that people doing this are just taking up a slot. I they might be. I've seen, and then when I went into their Discord and 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 into the Reddit, it does seem like people are just uh, sitting there with an idle saving their slot for when they get home from work and stuff. That's which not great. Is pretty banana. I think you ha- yeah. I think you might have to close the game to release that slot on the PS5 um or launch something else obviously. Um yeah, did- I, I like through Thursday night it was like okay, I played with some friends Thursday night and it was fine. Friday is when the shit really hit the fan. The weekend was basically bad because A, it was a 3-day weekend for a lot of people in the US. Mm-hmm. B to apologize for their first round of server issues, they instituted a 1.5x XP multiplier for the weekend. They were like, hey, 150% XP this weekend. Sorry yeah. for all the trouble. Come get some. And the, the convergence well, they came of those and got t- some, all right. The, the convergence of those two factors completely fucking destroyed that game. Um, like, the error messages you were getting Friday night were not even, like, it was like... <laughs> When I tried to sign in and I was on that waiting screen, it just said minus one. Like that was yeah. all it said. Literally. Or, or I like, got like zero five seven seven five 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 five. Um and I finally got in. I've actually had shockingly good luck. I've never had to wait more than like a minute or two to get in. Okay. Even through all of this. And I think it is just kind of random and I just got lucky. But once I got into the game, God, I'm like I can't even think where to start saying what was wrong with it. Like the friends list was broken, like I couldn't see any of my friends online. Okay. Um all of the stats, everything in the game, or you know, the persistent war stuff, like yeah, yeah. like two hundred thousand people online, three bajillion bullets fired. That right. all just said zero. Like that was not hitting whatever database it was supposed to be hitting. I think they might have um, intentionally turned some of that off. That's possible. That is that is possible. Um, I was getting missions displaying one time, like missions on the map that said they were forty minute missions, and then when I got in there, they were twelve minute missions. Okay. Um, there was a there was a long running problem that I think they finally fixed. Where anytime you picked anything up in a mission that that was like currency that hit a server, yeah. So like samples, requisition slips, super credits, like all yeah. the progression currency, you would lock in place for about twenty seconds. Like the mission, oh, I never keep got going. that. Okay, mm-hmm. the mission would keep going. People, if, if you were lucky enough to be able to get other people in your game, they could keep running around doing stuff. But you yourself you, would... You could even keep animate. You could even, like, duck up and down, but you would just be stuck for, like, 20 seconds while it tried to register whatever thing wow. you had picked up. Okay. Right. I never got that. Uh, there were other issues as well. It was such a mess. So and I, yet, I, knowing... Yeah. Oh, oh, the other the other big one was it was not rewarding any progress for completing missions. I saw, That's I saw the problem. People, I saw people saying that. I never had that happen to me either. So it happened to me, but then I found out you, if you logged right back in, it would finally ring up. And so, I, and I, so I managed to actually, again, I got super lucky, but I went back in and it dumped huge amounts of XP and currency on me because it was just slow to give you that stuff. But I, yeah. I think, I don't think many people lost anything anyway. The game is so good. I know that, that with all of that shit going on Friday night, I was still so desperate to play it that I had slogged through all of it and got in there 
and got completely destroyed by those robot defend missions that are currently yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah. The, with the, with, wait, the defend ones or the get the, the scientists to the doors? It's So those are the same. Th- well, so those are, it's the scientists to the doors is the mission type, but yeah. I guess they call it like a defend campaign. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so like the one that's look at, in the active one that is yeah, like, currently going. Like the big, the big world goal right yes. now is like to finish eight defend campaigns. It's that thing. So, but those missions are so goddamn hard. I, uh, uh, they tweaked it. They, they eased it up in a patch. Yeah. Uh, they retuned it. I, yeah, I still, I think that game is super fun. My son and my daughter and I have been playing a bunch. Um, I, I got that when you streamed, um, Brad with, uh, Will and Chet, uh, that on that Thursday, I got my Twitch drop, not from watching that channel, from watching another channel, because I think you have to be, you have to be like hooked up with Arrowhead to, to be able to, yeah, you have to distribute that drop. Yeah. So I got it, but I never cashed it in. And then I went to go cash it in and there are no more codes for the PC. Oh, that sucks. And so I got a code for the PS5 and I gave it to my daughter because Damn, she wanted that's, the, the that's a bummer. That's a bummer. Um, yeah. I didn't realize that's... those were like limited number of codes or at least that's what it said to me when I tried to cash it in. So there are no more codes available for this, but the PS5 still had codes. Yeah, that game is super fun. I, I've leveled up a bunch. I played on basically trivial and easy with my kids and you, I still got enough of a reward to make it worth it and fun to do. I'm not getting the higher tier samples, but I'm getting enough requisition points, super credits, regular samples to pretty actively uh, engage in their level up system. Uh, it, it, you know, I got a ship upgrade. I found out that the boosters you can get are not consumable. Yeah, I, I, yes. I really thought they were, and they're awesome. So yes. everybody, we should all get different ones at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't double up on them. Uh, you know, you, it, they need to be unique uh, for each player on the loadout. It's not like they stack. You don't get any mm-hmm. like stack. Yeah, those, those are key. Those are awesome. Sure. Uh, what else did I find out? I got the jetpack, which is super fun, but takes up a slot. So I don't know it, if you're going to bring it. Yeah, use the the backpack slot, which like they don't give you anything that is a backpack for like until like level eight or ten. I want to say you get that um, supply backpack. Oh, is that one? Of, okay, yeah. sure. Yeah, I, I skipped that one because it did not sound fun. But. And I think the rifle or the um the one that you can load the ammo in yeah, from the yes the back ammo ammo for the the recoilless and the auto cannon. Yeah. I think both have a backpack. I've I've been on I've been on reload duty a couple times. <laughs> is it um, fun? Which is fun, but there's also a bug right now where when you reload, so, so to, to explain for people who don't know, there's like the recoilless rifle and the auto cannon are like super heavy. <laughs> kind of single shot or I think the auto cannon holds five. The recoil is literally holds one and then you have yeah. to reload it again. And another player can go in there with a backpack full of recoilless ammo and feed ammo into the rifle as the other person is shooting it to make it go faster. The bug when you reload somebody else's weapon like that though, right now is your reload arm gets basically stuck to their shoulder. Oh wow. And you can, you can't separate. Oh, like, <laughs> like physically, you're stuck, like you're stuck together and like yeah. the, both players are sort of pulling each other back and forth. You can't do anything. That's ridiculous. It finally, okay. after five or 10 seconds, it'll clear up and you can finally run off and do something else. It's just like, there's some broken stuff in there, but it's still, it's like, again, the game is so goddamn good. Who cares? Um, I, I'm trying to describe to like my family, because my son was like, oh, are there other games like this? I'm like, there kind of are. And we were having a big talk about Starship Troopers. And, you know, I was kind of talking to him about, like, the joke of the, uh, you know, for democracy and why 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 making fun of it is funny. Don't or, you know. even get me started on the Starship Troopers discourse. Uh-oh. If that's where you're going with this. Well, no, I was just, I was just kind of going to go uh, into explaining, you know. 
I don't want him running around shouting, uh, uh, have some liberty. Oh, yes. You know, without yes. realizing yes. that it's like, hey, you know, you're parroting this propaganda oh, stuff. Yes. That's what I mean. That's what I mean is that a lot of, there are a bunch, there's a whole thing. I shouldn't even get into this. There's a whole bunch of people out there going like, no, Starship Troopers was good and correct now. Like, that's, that's, that's where this stuff has gone. <laughs> Wait, like it's sincere? Yes. Not, not only that it's sincere, but that like the, the Terrans were correct. The people who are extremely explicitly, like so painfully, obviously Nazi coded are actually the good guys. Oh my that's, gosh. That's okay. what I mean. Is like it's, it's whipped up a big groundswell of that. That's bullshit. ridiculous. What, what I was, no, the, I was trying to go the opposite way. I was just like, Hey, make sure you know that what this game is trying to do right. is, is reference this, uh, parody yes. of propaganda uh, and, yeah. and fascism yes um anyway the uh uh the thing that was um kind of i showed my wife the intro movie she's like she's like i haven't seen it i showed it to her and she was like wait that is just starship troopers yeah <laughs> i was like no it's not subtle yeah no it's not subtle it's as subtle as starship troopers is not subtle <laughs> right or should not be subtle yeah uh it should not be easily mistaken but the thing that was um really interesting playing with them uh, aside from being able to level up and, and having a good time at it with it. Oh, the other thing too, I'm getting a little sidetracked, but the other thing too is you can't do private games. You can do public or friends only. So, um, you know, when I was playing with my son on my, if I was hosting, you know, people would be jumping in to our games. Mm -hmm. So you can't just say like, oh, it's a private thing. Just the two of us are going to do some duo runs. Oh, so it always stays open for friends to join. Yeah. So I would eventually, if I just wanted to play with him, you know, we haven't done a lot of online stuff and I trust all my friends. The people who came in were very, very nice that we played with, but you know, like I'm playing with my family. Sometimes it can be a little weird. Uh, I would just go on, join their campaign because they don't have any other friends that could join in. Uh, but yeah, it, it was totally fine. And thank you for everybody who played with my family and <laughs> had a good time. Yeah. Um, I've, I've kind of appreciated that aspect of it. Like it's been a long time since I played a multiplayer game where I left everything just on open join. Yeah. But you know, like people, people I haven't played games with in a very long time have popped in or I've popped in. you know, like it's, yeah. it's been, I've kind of reconnected with some people playing this game. Some and the, friend, in the game, in the, in, site and so forth in game chat seems to work fine across uh cross play that stuff seems to be working well it, and uh it does not recognize this motu or maybe oh, i just need to set it as a default microphone or something but i could not get it to see this to see this microphone as my mic so i had to use discord oh that stinks it, yeah. it worked pretty well in the in game with my daughter and and our microphones we were using here so uh, that seemed to work well. I, I did not have any crashes. I know a lot of people were having crashes. I did have the thing with the black screen before they patched it where you just got a black screen that came up and you had to wait like 20 minutes for the movie to even load up and then you got into the quote-unquote queue. But man, like, oh, so anyway, yeah, sorry. Going back to what you were saying before about 10 minutes ago, trying to explain what's different. My son was like, are there other games like this? And I was like, yeah, I'm not really sure what's going on here. That is, they didn't the, invent the team-based third-person yeah. shooter here or oh. anything. I feel There's like maybe some... if you need to compare it to something, I mean, I guess something like the Division is not that far off in terms of like the format of shooting, though it is a very Kinda. different universe, and there yeah. are some very key like gameplay differences. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's more of a loot shooter, and this is more of a PVE like Left 4 Dead slash. Uh, I don't know. Name your favorite PVE game. <laughs> Uh, but, you already did, <laughs> but there's um there's something the action the over the top kind of cinematic style yeah. to it is really well done the the part where it, it's 
doing the thing where it takes its universe seriously, but not its characters seriously or the action seriously is fun, but it's also not, it's not goofing on itself, right? There's something there's, they're hitting that tonal balance where everyone in the universe, this is the most dire thing in the world, but it's also the most ridiculous over the top thing in the world. It also, you get a very distinct impression that every single one of these problems is completely (laughs) self-inflicted. Totally. Yes. Like much like blowing yourself up in the game. Yeah. Uh, But the amount of like, you know, you don't have to, the game doesn't concern itself with the, (laughs) with any, it's kind of like Starship Troopers where you're not in the background is all the bad stuff. And what is supposed to be on the surface level is the heroic fight against the bugs, right? Mm -hmm. Not how much this costs, not the human toll, not the environmental damage, not the, the horrible, uh, friendly fire that's happening at the end of the day, you're supposed to raise your hand and say for Liberty, right? Yeah. And I think that's what, yeah, for democracy. And I think that's, what's for me kind of fun tonally about it is, you're calling down megatons of you're just dropping napalm. You're using the world's worst weapons against everyone. And at the end of the day, you're raising your hand and saying for liberty. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think totally, and that's sort of the conversation I kind of had to have with my son was like, Hey, you're not supposed don't be a there's fascist. A, there's a couple of layers to this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but also I find that it's, it's a little bit of like the Warhammer stuff, you know, like the 40 K stuff of somebody running a chainsaw through somebody and, and yelling, you heretic, right? And just destroying a planet, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess we have to wipe this planet out because heresy's there. Um, it's it's a little bit of that tone. Uh, and look, when, I'm in the, when I was looking at, see what the errors were in the Reddit, and people are uh, people are posting pictures for what? What is the creek with the robots that everybody's oh Mal Mal, Mal, Mal Villain Creek something like that? <laughs> yeah, like, like people just posting like my buddies and I aren't making it out of Mal Villain Creek because yeah. the ro- damn robots are there. It's like kind of funny, like its own in-universe propaganda happening. Yep. Uh, it's ridiculous. Um, that game is ridiculous. Yes, a lot of memes, a lot of a lot of community building around it. Let's say, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I don't I know. I, I, sorry, I've, I've I've spent a lot of time thinking about like why is this game so good? Because on paper, it's just a four-player third-person PVE shooter. Yeah, and like I mean, it's a lot of stuff. It's it, I think it's really just way more than the sum of its parts, and those parts are already pretty goddamn like exemplary on their own. You know, like the, a lot of the things they did, like the visual presentation, the strategy inherent in all the calldowns. Yeah, the level of like physics simulation that's going on, like all of those in and of themselves are like better than average by a lot. But then all of that put together just turns into this experience that <clears throat> feels like it's hitting a caliber that I kind of have not seen in this type of game before. Yeah. And the, and the, and the um, DRI say the loop, the, the levers, the knobs they've tweaked with, you know, you get a pretty generous resupply or a, a requisite law. You get lives basically. Mm-hmm. But then when the timer goes up, you don't. And right. so you have this nice push to go get as much as you can, get out of there and extract. Uh, and I don't know if they're using some kind of, um, I think we mentioned this when we played with Will on one of the Friday ones, a director or whatever to make things more difficult or easier or whatever, but it seems to work. Okay. Alex and I played a bit this morning with two people. I'm not sure how the scaling is working. Uh, we got worked. Yeah, um, I don't. Oh, I, yeah. Don't th- I don't think it scales to number of players. I think okay. the difficulty is the difficulty. 
Okay. Like medium is going to be medium no yeah. matter how many. Yeah, that's that's my impression. So, yeah, we we had trouble finishing a mission on time because, you know, we couldn't take down the bugs fast enough. Um, and maybe we should have been joining the cause for the robots, but we're cowards uh, and we go fight bugs. Stamp robots are hard. They're not they're hard. nice robots. They're hard. They're, they're hard, although they're getting a little easier as I finally unlock more weapons and, and, and armor um, piercing and, and stuff like that. And I... <laughs> I started to say I was almost hitting a little bit of fatigue. Part of that was it being broken and just not getting what I wanted out of it, you know, even, yeah. even though I kept playing it while it wasn't quite working right. But also doing the same missions, same difficulties, like same loadouts, you know, at some point I was just like, oh, this is, you know, starting to feel a little samey. And then I finally, I think it's around level 10 that you unlock a ton of new stuff. And the other thing is you really have to engage with the quote unquote battle pass, the war bond. Sure. That's, that's, where, new all, weapons. that's where all the weapons are. Yeah. Um, and I finally was just like, you know what? I'm going to stop buying super credits and boosters and armor and whatever. I'm just going to buy weapons on the war bond. I'm going to do nothing but buy weapons. Yeah. I didn't really, I didn't love any of the starting weapons. Well, and, and I finally, I've landed on a loadout that I like love now that it completely has changed the game for me. I'm using the breaker, which is the slug shotgun, the auto. Sh it might as well be some kind of heavy machine, like mid, mid range machine gun. And that has, medium armor piercing on it uh i think it's still light okay but it has like it, it is so much better against those robots i cannot even explain it like i mean it, it is literally just like a slow machine gun it's shooting slugs yeah. so there's no spread and it is auto full auto um and then i'm using that like uzi looking machine yes. pistol that thing burns arm. through ammo very quickly yeah, but it, it shreds does. yes so those two things together are just like tearing through robots now the um I've got the, I'm using the laser, the laser guard dog, the little flying drone with a laser rifle. Oh, I don't have that yet. Okay. Like that thing also melts stuff. What's your well. heavy weapon? Um, I'm mostly still sticking with the grenade launcher. Honestly, okay. I feel like, I Pretty feel like good. the grenade launcher is like the unsung hero of that game. Like it's, you can get it super early in the game and it's still incredibly useful even now. But, but so what really got me back into it was getting all that new loadout stuff. And then also I did a, a three person on challenging, which is level four yeah. against robots the other day. And that got me back into the, like, like this, this game needs to be, you need to barely be making it out of these missions for this game to work. Right. Sure. You know what I mean, I think that's what it was, was like ever me and everybody I've been playing with have gotten enough stuff and have learned the game well enough that like, you know, we're kind of cruising through like medium with four people. So like, being down a person and on the next level up, you know, it was like, we barely fucking got out of there. <laughs> this got really hard again. And now it's super interesting again. So, and I, and I think they reward doing that because you get the better ship upgrade materials, yeah, uh, which, and those things are so expensive. Definitely. Uh, uh, you, and you get the, um, you just get more of the regular samples and, and everything else you need. The only thing with the war bond that I, I know it's a battle pass and I understand that's how these work, but, I, there are like, like you, I want to get the weapons, but you have to spend points. You have to spend medals on stuff you don't really want to get to the next page. So yeah. you're like, ah, I guess I'm buying a cape and you know, this emote that I, to get to the slug thrower so that I could, you know, I got to spend 28 more medals before I open up the next page. That, that I, part's a bit <clears> of a bummer. I also have that real bad habit of if I have the exact amount of currency, even if it's for something that is totally useless to me, I'm just like, well, I could buy that. So I do. And so <laughs> yeah. I have all these fucking backgrounds I'm never going to use, but <laughs> I had the money. So I bought yeah. it. I mean, if you're, if you're doing the dailies, you I'm can get medals really. pretty quickly. Yeah. And, and some of the dailies are tough. Some of them are easier than others. Um, 
I think the current one now is like kill 60 things with the antimatter rifle, right? That's like, that was today's that we were doing. Uh, antimatter, is that what it's called? I think the, the sniper rifle. Oh, the anti-material. Anti-material, yeah. yeah. Um, which is like, okay, you can, you can actually pr- kill 60 things with that pretty quickly, especially those little bug fleas if you're, if you're trying. Um, but one of them the other day was um, like kill a bunch of stuff with that that really heavy duty orbital strike this 120 millimeter or something like the 380 it was the one below the middle one which the one that blows you up half the time um the one that where like the bombs basically <laughs> feel like they fall on you that's mm-hmm. a lot of them <laughs> the 380 and the walking one both are pretty rough yeah so like that one i had a, a hard time with because mostly i was just blowing myself up with that but again that game that game has also a lot of really good um, moments, like dynamic moments that just situations that just yeah. arise that yep. feel intense and good. And you don't know how you're going to get out of it. But some, the jetpack, while I think the jetpack is a, I bring it on some missions depending on what we're doing, but it takes up a slot, not even just a back slot, one of your uh, um call down slots your uh, what is it called the left bumper stratagems stratagems right and it's like man i'm gonna burn a stratagem slot for the jackpack but you can perch up on some pretty high stuff it's, which gives you a mm-hmm. pretty decent advantage for the bugs for yeah. the robots they can still shoot you with rockets and stuff yeah but for the bugs it's pretty useful to be up yeah, that high. I, I came around to the jetpack for for maneuvering and positioning being super useful it's not for like you're not gonna fly with it you know um and I wish it, I wish it went just a little higher. Like I still find myself missing a lot of ledges that I sure. thought I could get up to, but, but just for getting mobbed by stuff and just being able to very quickly reposition yourself away from that mob is, yeah. is incredibly valuable. Uh, the other really fun thing I learned that made me appreciate some of the combat even more was, um, aiming at limbs on armored things, like some of those robots and even some of the bugs to just shred their legs or yeah. arms. Uh, super duper helpful. It'll especially at least when keep you them have, from coming at you. Yeah, keep them from coming at you. And I, I mean, it's just when you got a big thing marching toward, big death robot coming towards you, you're just using that Uzi to shred a limb. It's, I don't know, it's, it's pretty, pretty fucking good. It's pretty good. So anyway, that game, I really hope they iron it out. I understand everybody's frustration. I would be, look, if I were coming home from work and I wanted to play this game, or if I were playing this with my brothers on the weekend and we just never could get in, I'd be pissed as all hell. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I absolutely understand that um, that perspective. The, the thing, yeah. the thing that gets me though, or the people out there, are just like, oh, one weekend was understandable, but they should have had it fixed by weekend two. It's like you don't understand the nature <laughs> yeah. or the complexity of this problem. Like, they may, and by all appearances, are working like twenty four seven to get this fixed and still aren't there yet. Like the, like the back end may just not be built to scale to this level, this number of players. Like there's a bunch of like, it's not like the, there has been a perception among some idiots out there that are like, Oh, they just don't want to spend the money to spin up more yeah, servers. Like that's, that's right. Absolutely not. True. This is not a problem. You can just throw money at They're having to re-architect part of their whole back end. I think they've said they've had, cause they're putting out patches. The thing I read last from them was like, look, it's going to take a couple of patches to get this fixed because we actually have to go into the code and, and change stuff. It's not just spinning up more capacity servers. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing that people should be aware of, and again, I think people listening to this are probably, uh, you know, clued in. This is not to whom we're talking, but yeah, not everybody there that works at that team is a coder. <laughs> it's not like yeah. all hands on deck are in the code I, punching away. You might have a percentage of, engineers and coders and the rest are artists and you know 
people doing other stuff that I think they're working on mechs. I think mechs are coming in. I think that's the thing is it, they is they said they're working on. Um, oh, you mean for the for the automaton faction? I thought it was for the players. It? Oh, 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 user, like, drivable mechs. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking crazy. Then I, yeah, um, I would totally believe that. I mean, I'm sure they have a whole roadmap before yeah. <laughs> before all their attention went into fixing the game that already exists. I'm yeah. sure they've, I mean, they've alluded to a third faction coming, which I, did we talk about that last week? We did, yeah. Yes. It's, probably, it's probably the psychic ethereal aliens from the first game. Um, uh, so they, somebody said mechs been, have been good for a while. There's still some additional polishing being done by people who can't assist with server issues. Right. So like there are, there are people on that team who are just like, don't put me in the, what can I do? I, I, I'm pretty sure I'd, I've been reading the CEO's Twitter feed quite a bit. I'm pretty sure he, if I understood him correctly, the core, core backend infrastructure engineers are like four people. Yeah, I could believe it. Uh, and yeah, I, I'm sure they are. <laughs> I'm sure they're going through it right now. I mean, Sony might be throwing them some help, you know, yeah. to to figure it out. But um, I, yeah. but again, I'm not trying to excuse the frustration for people who bought it and no, can't it, look, can't get a refund. Just don't be a dick. It's not about excusing, but it's also about understanding that like it's just a bigger problem than I think most people understand and realize and. It's not like they don't want to fix it. It's that if it like right. if they could push a button and say, "Oh, well, this is fixed now," they would have done it. They just yeah. can't. Yeah, I, I feel, I feel pretty privileged to have been able to read. And I mean, this stuff's public, and anybody can go find this stuff. But like on Reddit, on Twitter, like there are enough people who work in cloud infrastructure these days that you will get some very informed, detailed posts from people who don't even work on this game or even in games necessarily at all, but have pieces of information they can give about why these bottlenecks exist and what might be happening in different places. And like, it, it can be really educational to go out and find a lot of that stuff. And, you know, like you'll see people saying things like, Hey, like there is no way they could have simulated this level of load pre-release. Like you cannot, you just cannot test for this many people trying to hit a game like this at one time until you're in it, you know? Right. Right. Like you can't, you can't, you can't artificially test for this. Uh, as and, an and again, I, the, the thing that blows my mind is their expectation and where it landed and the, and the things you put in to, you know, even that AFK kick, right. Where you're like, you don't even need, think you need it. And now you have people squatting on servers, right? Like that's, that's kind of, I, I feel like where they're at. I feel very lucky to have been able to play this game during the day or, or at least off peak, uh, feel bad for the people who haven't been able to do that. Yeah. Hope this gets sorted. Yeah. It, it sucks. Yeah. Like, I, like you, I want to stress. I'm also not like uh, Apollo. I mean, I'm not saying it's fine that the game doesn't work that people paid for. Like that's, yeah. that sucks. No, not but, at all. But, but also like just from a pragmatic standpoint, like, you know, calling them lazy or sending them death threats no, or whatever that's, is that's not really- like, there's nothing they, they're doing the best they can. Like just, <laughs> You know, it will get there, but it's going to take time. It's just a, it's just a difficult problem. I think I saw the CEO responding to somebody on Twitter who was like, "Can't wait to get home and play some Helldivers." Oh my gosh, I've been looking for this. And say, you should wait. Don't buy yeah. it yet. Like well, as much as I want your money, like just wait until we get all this fixed yeah. and, I, and hold off. You know, like from from the complete other end of the spectrum, though, the one thing I've I've seen some calls for that like you have to kind of stop and think about is like some people have said like, "Hey, they should pause sales of this game." Like, yeah, and this was last weekend when it was terrible. Like it, it is much better now, but like, it's kind of hard to argue with that in some sense. Yeah. If you know? too many like, people are playing at, at the like, same time, like if, if it is that broken, like it is kind of hard to argue with the idea that like, maybe they should, if not pull sales of it, at least like put some extremely obvious signs up before you buy it saying, Hey, yeah, you know, experiencing larger than expected load. Like this may not work for you. 
consider waiting or something. I don't know. But I at the same time, that, like you've, you've only got so much time to capture your audience, right? Yeah. And like, you know, it's, it's that. And it's also, I mean, the real thing is that when you hear the story of a game being pulled down from a store, it's usually because something is really fucked up. I mean, we remember the cyberpunk thing. Yeah. So there is a perception that probably yeah. they want to try to avoid if they yes. can, because it's not that the game is unplayable. It's that there are times when the game is unplayable. And that, yeah, I, look, I, we don't know, or, or or maybe you do, but I don't know. But I don't know how that works on the back end of of Steam, of like pausing a thing and putting it back up. If there's like a, a strike system, or Steam doesn't want to have to be able to do that, I have no idea. But you're right, so, like it's it um it's tough when it's overloaded and more and more people are buying it. Like the number just keeps going up, and you can't handle the amount of people that are in it at peak. I'm trying to explain service to my son because he was like, "Why don't they?" He, my son was like, "Why don't they just make it the most?" And I was like, well, it's not that easy. You know, there's off Come gather times. around, <laughs> ye son. Let me tell you the tale <laughs> of development resources. Yeah. Or, or or let me tell you about get early MMOs, right? Mm-hmm. And, and launch day MMO woes. And we really haven't had in the last decade this bad, I feel like, a launch day um, login scenario. Like, it's been... No, it's- that- it's been like, creaky, but it's it hasn't been it hasn't been the the ones we used to have in the early 2000s. No, yeah. This is a I lot think, rougher. I think Payday 3 was pretty bad last year, but not this bad. They also okay. corrected that one real quick. Like yeah. within a matter of days, I feel yeah, like. I, th- I think so. Yeah, like man, I, I I look, I still hit server queues once in a while when I even when I was getting on Final Fantasy online, like you hit a server queue, but not like the you are 575th in line. Not uh, like this. Not like this. <laughs> Not like this. Anyway, Helldivers 2 is awesome, and it's, it's a fun game. It's great it's so, when you can play so it. Great. Still one of my favorite things I've played all year. In fact, two of the games I'm going to be talking about <laughs> this week are, are games that I feel like are probably going to be on my top ten list this year. Uh, and I and I hope uh, I hope I hope they figure it out, and I hope everybody who gets in there can play. And we gotta we gotta push the machines back. Okay, that's, that's all right. I'm really worried about. Is that's right. Uh, if we look, lose managed democracy, what do we have left? <laughs> what do we? What do really? What do we have left? You want to go I, live I, under I, a bug government? Not me. Also, I just really want the developers to reap the rewards for making a really great game, and not just the, not just the heat from making a really good game. You know, yeah. like I want them to feel very good and 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 just I don't take. Think a they're going to be basking for a while, my friend. Yeah, uh, you're hearing that they're already working on new stuff to put in there. Like I'm, I'm only, I think I'm level eleven, and I think twenty is the cap. Oh, really? Okay. All levels, all levels do is unlock more stuff to buy. Like you still have to buy the stuff. So hitting the level cap doesn't mean much other than, Hey, you have access to buying everything, but still need to get the currency. But I've unlocked enough of it now that I'm seeing the end of that. Yeah. That that ramp or whatever. And thinking like, Oh no, man, no, I don't want to run out of stuff to do in this game. Like I'm, I've still got a ways to go, but I at least see it coming. But then, yeah, like get those samples, the idea, the idea that they might have more stuff ready to go, like by the time, maybe not by the time people start hitting that, like buying, buying everything and having done everything, but like not that far off is pretty exciting. I did see some cheating videos coming up, uh, going, going through, which is a bummer, especially with the kind of horrible cheating, anti-cheat stuff they have packed in there, which is also kind of a bummer. I don't know what the fuck that thing is on the PC. It still slightly unnerves me every time you launch that game and that tiny little window pops up in the corner and like, what is that thing? I don't Don't like it. Want it off my machine as soon as I can. I had to like give it a, uh, um, you know, I gave it like a mild, Hey, antivirus software. You're just going to have to let this thing go for now. Um, 
and seeing seeing videos come up where people are walking out of missions with nine 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 uh samples oh that is sucks like, uh kind of sucks uh i hope maybe those are made up i don't know we live in a we live in a age where all those videos could be faked anyway so who, who knows but i i wish that cheating i wish they had found another way you know yeah to, to stop that stuff yeah we should uh we should mention before we move on we are aiming to stream this again on friday yeah so everybody log um, off yes everybody if everybody could <laughs> i mean if it's during the day we might be all right yeah, yeah. i'm i'm hopeful that yeah kind of middle of a work day uh turn your ps5s off yes yeah will Uh, Will smith has committed to coming back and playing with us again he has been playing a lot he is very high level (laughs) it doesn't really surprise me he has a lot of stuff unlocked you know um the thing that thing that has been going around and does work if you're all in the same ecosystem is joining on a friend it worked i thought it worked just on the ps5 but it does work on the pc so it seems better Um, on on the pc yeah, in terms of like, I've still had to wait and kind of stare at a lo- uh, like a loading screen for maybe three to five minutes yeah. after joining on somebody for my friends list, but it did let me in. You get to in, yeah. So uh, and didn't have just you just been me. like hitting anybody who's on? No, but that's pretty devious. I have thought about that. <laughs> I'll yeah, I'll have to hmm. Hmm. Just, <laughs> just be like, give me ideas are formulating. Yeah, the thing is, it doesn't. Half the people that are on my friends list are probably also waiting on the screen. It says yeah. they're playing Hell Divers and not necessarily in mission. But um, when my son and I are playing on the PC, whoever gets in first just pulls the other person into the game. Weird stuff. I hope they get it fixed. Um, yeah, they'll, they'll get there. All right. Let's take a quick break. We're going to talk about some other non-Helldivers 2 stuff uh, in just a second. Stick around. This week's show is brought to you by Babel. Alex Navarro. Yes, Vinny. I genuinely love learning languages and i'm genuinely terrible at other languages yeah i love the idea of learning languages but uh past experiences taught me that's not as easy as i would like it to be yeah i uh look i've i know some italian i probably should have learned more when my grandmother was not speaking it to me and i should have been like grandma please and i didn't at the time and I've been I've been making up for it ever since, trying to learn books and tutors and everything. But Babbel is here to help me out, and I've been going through with Babbel to brush up on my Italian, and I've been really enjoying it. This app is here to help you apologize to your Nona. <laughs> yes. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Alex, I also am terrified to speak uh, uh, anything I've learned in a foreign language. And uh, Babbel actually has uh, speech recognition stuff to help you with your pronunciation, which I appreciate because otherwise I would never open my mouth. I'm terrified, terrified to open my mouth and speak another language. Nothing so. more terrifying to me than the idea of going out there saying what little Spanish I know and having it sound like Tim Kane. <laughs> yes, the most terrifying of results. <laughs> Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, plus all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. And here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. 
Right now, get 50% off a one-time payment for a lifetime Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash nextlander. Thanks, Babbel. And we are back now. There's Final Fantasy VII Rebirth coming out soon. Rebirth! Rebirth coming out soon. Is it next week? Yeah. Uh, official launch? Yes. Uh, demo has been out. Uh, they just added today. They unlocked at the time of this recording, I should say today, uh, the ability to go into the open world-ish, the map, let's say, the mm-hmm. Junon region. Yeah, we speculated, uh, I believe, last week about whether this would have an, an overworld, but I know you said open world, not overworld. What are, so we, what are we? What are we talking here? So I, I didn't. I didn't go too too much in there, but I got on dang chocobo and started running around the world, collecting my materials mm-hmm. that you can craft into uh-huh. potions or whatever. You like pick up your grass and you can transmute them or whatever your, your thing is. Uh, finding areas of interest. To uh, explore and find chests that then get marked off the map uh, as you're going. So you you tell me when you decide if this is an overworld or open world or not. I, th- um, I think like sitting here thinking about what what is the line? What is the line? Are the character the characters look the same and have yes. the same scale relative to the environment? Regardless, yes, yes. it's not an overworld then. <laughs> It's not an over map. Yeah, it's not overworld. Yeah. Is it an open world? Open world. Abs- it sounds like open world. Absolutely. Um, open yeah, wor- so- or overworld, unless the camera is is about a mile in the sky, <laughs> and the character is somewhere between an icon and a tiny little chibi version of themselves. Uh-huh. No, it's not. So, an over- it's not an overworld. So in the demo, you you get um you get Cloud Barrett, um, Tifa, uh, Aerith, and uh, Red, and Red rides a damn chocobo. Okay. Red, <laughs> Red is why not. Why not? Looks ridiculous riding a chocobo. Uh, you ride around, and again, you, you're kind of stumbling upon things that are like this area looks cool, and it also has a zero of two chests that you found. In mm-hmm. it. And so you go and you find your chest, and you clear it off, and you smash boxes. The weird thing is, the weirdest kind of mind part was there are monsters on the map, and you just run up and fight them as if they were there. You know? Oh, yeah. It's fine. <laughs> I still think of that. I started to say, oh, you mean Chrono Trigger style. <laughs> I still <laughs> think in those terms of if you don't see the enemies for the, and their random encounters, it's Final Fantasy style. If you do see them milling around, it's Chrono Trigger. But not only, yeah, uh, so not only, but not only that, like you just fight, you just fight them. Huh. You know what I mean? Like you, you just like, <laughs> it doesn't cordon you off into a battle zone. Or oh, did- weird. Interesting. Because even like, even Remake, which I'm still playing and getting making good progress through like even then you don't really see enemies until you're right on top of them and they they kind of spawn on top of you and then you're in the fight and you kind of can't do anything else until you kill them yeah so what i was playing in the demo was like you're you can avoid them if you want or you engage with them and i was and i had avoided them for a bit and i was like let me try one of these and i thought it would be like camera swoosh and like you're in a you're in a ring an arena or something fighting them no you're just you're just kind of fighting them um there are some special um, tasks in the in the demo of like, hey, yeah, uh, you probably have this in remake where it's like, go get me data on these encounters, right? I need data from this. Go oh, scan. Chadley. Who is it? Chadley. Yeah, Chadley. So you, you get a version of that in the demo, uh, an upgraded version of that where it's like, I need more data 
fulfill these requirements while fighting this special monster in, in, in the open world. I, I guess my point being, it seems like there's going to be a decent amount to do in, in between the story bits of this game. Mm-hmm. That sounds uh, fun. I hope it's, I hope it's more engaging than the in between of remake. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, again, I only kind of bopped around a bit in the, in the demo of that part to see what, what it was unlocked. And, you know, they say it's a streamlined thing and I didn't do too, too much. I just kind of explored a bit and, and wanted to see how it all functioned. But, I could see myself definitely scooping up all of those side area, side objectives. Like, like that sounds fun because I actually find myself wishing there was more combat more consistently in remake, you know, like you go pretty long stretches just doing fetch questy running back and forth side quests and Yeah, you do. Like the the, the story beats and cutscenes there are great, but those are you know, they're they're not a ton of them, but I actually wish I was fighting more cuz combat is great and interesting, so if a lot more of the side stuff in this is going around hunting rare monsters and stuff that actually sounds kind of awesome it could be there there's a chance and again i'm just i don't know but there's a chance you could be grinding out rare rare materials for your crafting to craft because it says you can craft weapons and stuff too so i don't know if this is like a souls thing where you're using a material from some special boss monster to craft some super sword or, or something like that i'm not sure i'm not sure um we'll we'll see how that all goes um but yeah, I'm, I'm back and forth um, from when I played in the demo of how invested I am right now. So I went, I played through the demo stuff, the first part of it and the second part. And look, I got, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Let's say uh-huh. in, in, in the main game, you're jazzed up, ready to, ready to rock. Well, let's just say logistically mm-hmm. <laughs> ready to go. Let's just say. If I were to take what I did in the demo, because you can skip that Nibelheim part in the uh, um, uh, in the main game, if you did it in the demo, if I were to if I were to do that, I would probably watch the cutscene again from the end of that uh, Nibelheim part, just in case there's anything different about it before skipping everything. Is what I would say. Is the thing I would say if I were doing. That. You would say that. I would. I would. I would say. Just okay. in case uh, anything's different there. Uh, but I played through the first one remake a while ago. I just played through intermission um, when I started, when, when this uh, when demo came out. Because I was like, oh, did I ever finish that? And I looked and I did not. But that thing's all of like three hours or something or three or four hours. Uh, I was like halfway through it. I went back and I watched a bunch of dang movies on Crisis Core. To uh-huh. why would you do that to yourself? Because it's because this stuff is all getting mixed up in the blender, man. And what I what I don't understand, and what I need to know is what am I supposed to know and what am I not supposed to know? And so that's the confusing part. And I think I've sorted what are the out known unknowns. What are the <laughs> unknown knowns? Yeah. What am I supposed to be confused about and what am I supposed to know? And I think everything. I've, I think I've sorted it out at least um, in terms of some of those things. Uh, and, and we'll see as we get further along in rebirth. Uh, but it's weird, man. It's weird. And I'm kind of curious and I'm kind of girding myself, let's say is the right way to, to embark on what could seems like it could be a very long game. Uh, I, there are parts of remake I did not love. Yes. There are parts I, I enjoyed quite a bit. 
Yes, extremely with you on both of those points. Yeah, so like, kind of getting ready for it here. Uh, how are you doing with remake? Uh, I am. I am through all the Walmart stuff finally. And man, if if the rest of that game was like the last say hour of Walmart, I would finish that game three years ago. <laughs> Did you shake your uh, shake your stinger? Yes, it's it's all the um, it's all the the rhythm game dance number. Uh-huh. And all that stuff, getting the honeybee in and Don Corneo. He was always Don Corneo to me, but whatever. Sure. <laughs> um like it just that thing just like man, it's so uneven. I know I keep saying this week after week, but like it's like you're doing little bland like I'm delivering some medication for this person's side quests for forty five minutes or an hour. Next thing you know, you're in this like crazy, extremely <laughs> like well produced you know like that dance that dance sequence is like it's, it looks incredible you know like it looks yeah. like they put a lot of effort into into the choreography of that thing and everything and uh, and the just juxtaposition of like these classic playstation one final fantasy characters now in this lifelike form and doing these dance moves <laughs> is amazing like that whole that whole bit is is really entertaining and i wish the rest of the game i mean i get i get that that part was probably pretty expensive you know like the whole game maybe can't be that elaborate but i wish there was more of that throughout i mean that's more right that feels more killer than filler right yes, and that thing for sure. and and there's and, a decent amount of filler in yeah, there yeah and it doesn't help that large stretches of that area you're only one or two characters at a time and like the yeah. combat is way less interesting and sometimes kind of frustrating with only one or two characters uh, but then, but then they get you, they get characters back together after all that stuff. And now you're back to full strength. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm way back on board with it now that I'm through all that stuff. Finally, the combat's the combat's probably the best part of, of seven. Yeah. Uh, of, of, of remake. Of I mean, the current I, version. Yes. Yeah. I, you know, I, I really, I didn't think I would pick up on it as much as I wound up getting into it by the end, um, and, and switching around and, and trying to. I think when I first started, I thought it was gonna be very spammy, uh, and then wound up being a little more tactical. And, oh yeah, there's a lot of strategy to it for sure. Like yeah, kind of you kind of need to be assessing every enemy you see to see what their weaknesses are, so you can stagger them and stuff. I sometimes have a bit of trouble, and I had this in the demo too. Reading the reading attacks and reading and like maybe not blocking when I should be blocking, yeah. or just kind of going in and and uh, just basically war of attrition with potions and cure items to just winnow down a, a, a an enemy and stagger states and what's it, what's it called pressure pressure and stagger and and the and the whole thing switching stances and 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 all of that but it's pretty deep and, and interesting uh i when i played intermission i think i got through probably 80 percent of that before i remembered that there were weapon the weapon sphere or upgrade things and was like oh right yes you drop point it's been a while you drop points into this weapon thing to get more damage or or bonuses or stat boosts yeah that stuff's key especially when you change weapons and your new weapon has nothing unlocked on it so yeah. you actually are becoming way less powerful when you equip a new potentially better weapon yeah and you get you get a uh, special moves per weapon, right? Like you get a new. Sometimes you get a new ability. On yeah, a you were you were saying before this sounds like it might work somewhat differently in rebirth and in remake. It is there's one unique ability per weapon, and once you hit 100 percent proficiency by using that ability, then you keep the ability even when you change to a different weapon. It's hard to say from the demo. Uh, you know, my limited time with the demo, but it, it seems like maybe uh, maybe that stuff might be different. Um, we'll have to see when the when the we get. M- more in depth 
uh-huh. in the rebirth. Which won't be too long from now. No. I think that, I think I was at a time when this recording reviews are actually by the time this post for real, I think yeah. reviews are going. Yeah, when out. this is out, reviews will be out. We have the game. Like I'll just take the <laughs> We have rebirth. We will talk about it next week. Yeah. It's um, um it's uh it's I, I'm actually uh, uh, not too far past where the demo stuff is. Uh, um, I'm actually, I think it it skips around the the demo stuff, so I'm like around that part. But it, you know, it's interesting. I just I haven't hit the part in uh, in in my playing, it. and again, just from the demo stuff, where it's like I'm way back in. Like I hit that part in seven in remake. Sorry, I didn't need to say remake. Not just seven. Where I was, I was like, oh man, I got it. I'm locked in. I, f- I feel this. I haven't hit that part uh, in what I've played of Rebirth so far. Yeah. yeah maybe uh, you'll get there. I mean, that happened for me playing Remake. It was weirdly, it was when Aerith and Tifa met because <laughs> they had not met before in the game. And like, I wasn't sure how I felt about their portrayal of Aerith at first. She felt a little like manic pixie dream girl to me yeah. at first, but she has become much more endearing over time. And then, yeah, like once they met and it's like, oh my God, it's just like classic characters meeting for the first time, except in this much more lavish production than the first time around. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, this is kind of awesome to see this happening in this much better looking uh, version of this game. See the Um, New York Times had Aerith on the front cover? That's what I was going to say. So I was going to bring that up in in order to address what you said earlier about like, you know, remakes kind of uneven and you're maybe not super on board with Rebirth yet either. The thing that's going to propel me through both remake and rebirth is I have to know what they did. Like I have to know, you know, we've talked about it before with remake. I know they went, I know they put some weird swerve on the story in this and I don't know what, and I'm excited to get there and see, I have to know what it was. They changed. Yeah. I think the times literally said this, like, are are they going to kill her again? <laughs> That was on there. It was on the at least the front page of the digital version. I, I uh, could not believe, dude. I mean, it's been. I think they did this before, though. I don't think this is the first time. It's, in the it's possible. I mean, done this. it's always fun watching a zeitgeist whip up around something a release like this, but especially in this case, because like Final Fantasy, Aerith is on the front page of the New York fucking Times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's the level we're at. I mean, I saw I saw a I saw an old clip going around of Robert Pattinson doing press for some movie. And I, I don't know who the actress was, but I, she must've been his female co-star. He brought up final fantasy seven in the middle of this interview for whatever movie it was and went on this like five minute ramble about how Aerith and Tifa like taught him the meaning of a love triangle, like what love was. <laughs> and like, it was this whole love triangle that affected him deeply. And then they oh, told wow. her and like the interviewer, and the other actor are just sort of rolling their eyes. Like, but that's, that's how like deeply embedded this, that game and that event are in the public, like the mainstream consciousness, right? Yeah. People love it. So seeing, I, seeing that on the front page and it's just like, oh, you know, the death that has haunted gamers for decades or it, whatever they called it. And then they, I think they will quite literally pose the question of like, <laughs> like, can they kill her again? Yeah. Well, they can. I know they can, but that's the whole point. Like I, will they, like I, I'm going to go straight from like, I could see myself finishing credits on remake and just starting rebirth on the spot. No intermission because I have to know. Well, I would like to, but I don't know that it's essential and I don't want to fall too far behind. I might, uh, maybe I'll poke at an intermission after I've played some rebirth or you something. You could probably just watch a summary video of it. Yeah. I, I, I don't think there's, and, and again, uh, I don't know. We'll have to see what happens in rebirth, but uh, you know, intermission is all the Yuffie stuff or this kind of yeah. Yuffie side mission. And 
maybe they'll maybe that'll maybe the stuff the events that happen there will be more consequential than I'm, I I can I think but it takes place concurrent with remake stuff right so um we'll see yeah. I don't know I just I'm dying to see I'm I'm dying to see from your eyes too because 7 was not that impactful for me I played I played through all of 7 um way after I played through it on the PS2 uh uh, backwards compatibility stuff like i must have been 2000 probably three or four or something like that like yeah. i came to it late um didn't really i didn't have a playstation i was in college didn't have one and so seven for me was always this like almost academic exercise oh, of yeah. like oh i should play this because like everybody talks about it and i i wound up playing seven eight nine back to back um that's a lot of final fantasy yeah it's a lot of final fantasy and nine wind up being my favorite so huh. like out of out of those um and then i didn't do 10 but oh 10's great <laughs> i've heard i've heard a lot of good things about 10 um no well, it's, it, it is very uneven parts of it have aged incredibly poorly <laughs> but this so the stuff that happens in remake you know i don't remember a lot of it or like Things that they're like wink, and I'm like, wait, why are you winking at me? I don't. I what does don't that mean? Know. Yeah, what does that mean? And I know, I think Brad, you were right in it, right? When when seven happened, dude, I was deep in it. Yeah, like, there so. are there are a lot of Usenet posts you can find from sixteen year old me. Yeah, uh, I I don't. I should not make this claim lightly. I may have been the first person to ever post about this game on Usenet <laughs> <laughs> in English wow or or very close to it it wow. was like literally dude this i found the bold post claim that my is friend. A bold I, i'm claim. very close to it it was when the it was literally when the issue of jump came out in 1996 in japan that said square has abandoned nintendo they are going to make final fantasy 7 for the playstation on oh, ce did you rage post on there no i didn't rage post okay. I, I literally was bewildered i was like is this real like how can this be real and the response from people was equally <laughs> bewildered of like mm. what are you talking about like Final Fantasy is a Nintendo series. What? Yeah. Um, it's true. A friend of mine and I also launched a mock petition to shut down Final Fantasy Seven petitions. Okay, it was the, it was the petition to stop Final Fantasy Seven petitions. So you were also because that was because that was deeply in the middle of people like fucking getting petitions off the ground to force Square to allow you to bring Aerith back oh, and God. shit. Oh, they weren't petitions to put it on a Nintendo platform. No, no, no. Well, I mean that may have existed. There probably as well, were some of those too, but it was it was a thousand percent people mad that Aerith died. Like that was a huge fucking thing at the time. This is uh, how deep this is how deep down this like rabbit hole of memories that I've been. Some people some people will know what I'm talking about here. I went uh, I went out and dug up the roughly 25 year old posts that Andrew Vestal wrote on the unofficial SquareSoft homepage. <laughs> Like the very impassioned defense that he made of the fact that they killed her. Oh, I, I have no idea what that which is. is a, which is a classic of people who were way too into Squaresoft games in the late 90s. I watched the cutscenes before I played the game. Like I, I, my first Final Fantasy, I think, exposure was probably a demo that came for with PC Gamer of Final Fantasy VII to play on my new video on my monster voodoo card um to check it out there and then didn't play it just played the demo loaded up the demo because i remember a very polygonal cloud jumping off a train on my pc and that was mm-hmm. about it so i don't know that was probably 98 uh, probably it I sounds know. i think it, i think it was 98 when the pc version came out yeah that probably lines up with everything i was in college um 
And then again, didn't touch it for years, but, but people just kept talking about that damn game. It never went away. People didn't, even when eight came out, even when nine came out and everybody was hating on it, people kept talking about seven and it only got worse. It was changing people's lives. And then, oh my gosh, I'm going to marry final fantasy seven. And it was, I like seven just fine. I don't know that it's even in my top five though. I, I want to say even when I started at GameSpot, which was like 2006, stuff was still coming out for seven like when did dirge of cerberus and oh yeah that was absolutely yeah yes like crisis uh not crisis core uh advent children i think was first advent children was a cg movie yeah and then off the back of that there was dirge of cerberus and crisis core and there might be one other one in the ps2 era that i'm forgetting it's like never i mean it's gotta be it's Final Fantasy seven is probably the final fantasy it looms the largest absolutely 100 percent, and i some people are probably going to get mad at this, but I genuinely think a lot of that is a time and place thing. Sure. I, I think anyone who says it isn't is lying to themselves. Like, I'm not trying to d- diminish how much you like the game. Like, I'm sure there are lots of people who love it just dearly, but the thing is, the reason it has such an outsized presence is that it hit at the exact right time for people to be completely blown away by it, and most of those people are in our age group now. Yes, like it is. There is a powerful nostalgia factor here, and and also it was you know the, the scale of this production was unprecedented at the time. Yeah, like, yeah. Nobody had ever seen a game this expensive uh, and this elaborate and with this kind of presentation. Like that's a huge part of it too. But like you know, like the, the way a lot of people feel about seven is how I feel about four and especially six. You know, like a yeah. lot of it is just it's the Mario Kart rule, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't the alpha theory. Well, I don't know. They keep on going back to it. Maybe remake and rebirth will be, you know, stoke those fires again for people. And there's probably an argument to be made that, um, uh, you know, thirteen is very popular, right? That that was mm. that had two sequels, two it, real sequels. Yeah, it, yeah. There was it was kind of a trilogy. I, I th- like it has very diehard fans. I don't know. I actually don't know how well it sold. Uh, online it was fourteen is online, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's extremely popular. That mm-hmm. could be the best. That could be the best-selling Final Fantasy for all I know. Didn't start out that way, but no. it still, became that I, way. I still hate that those games are numbered. They should be their own series. <laughs> it, it's impossible. Like they uh, deserve to be. Like especially now, like fourteen deserves to be its own thing and not like sandwiched in the middle of this absurd thirty-year. What's the twelve? Is the other online one? Uh, Eleven was the 11. first one. Okay, it's what's twelve? Which one was that? Twelve was that the, the one. Yeah, twelve the Sky Pirates. Twelve is the one that's set in Ivalice, the the world of Final Fantasy Tactics. Okay, was that kind of a a dud? Mm. I mean, none of them are. Du- I shouldn't say dud. Uh, was that a less said beloved? Dud. It was a huge it departure. It was a huge departure. Okay. Like it had it had like what for the time was like kind of quasi MMO combat. Okay, which was which was very different for the series. I, let's just say I don't hear a lot of people talking about that one. It, uh, it had it had fans at the time, but but. You're right. It doesn't get discussed much. Look, I love no, nine charms. I love nine. Nobody talks about nine. Everybody wants to forget nine. It's my I'm, favorite one post uh, in the post seven world. I don't know. I I have nothing against nine, but also I played through it and then just kind of like moved on and never went back to it. Can we just I love it because right, it's a throwback. Let's just put the the end to this entire conversation. All final fantasies are good and all final fantasies are bad. There you go. Done. Okay, I don't know if I agree with you, but I, I, I hear what you're trying to say. You're trying to mediate the conversation, and it's okay. I'm but just like, saying. What, they all just suck, say, and they're all amazing. There you go. Let's just say, again, one. They're all the most precious child in the world. They're all your special little guy, and they're all garbage you should throw in the garbage. One has a ship that's called a whale, and you go to the moon, okay? Big whale. That's, Big whale. It's amazing. 
And you should throw it in the trash. <laughs> oh, I'm just that's actually, I'm, I'm just going to say real quick, like, I fought a fucking house in Remake. Yep. You fight a house. That fight's pretty cool. That was the most Final Fantasy-ass thing I have seen in Remake so far. Because, that's in, like, like, the Colosseum or Gladiator yeah, thing, right? Yeah, it's the last yeah. boss. It's the Hell House, which is yeah, just literal, house. a literal house with legs stomping yeah. around that you have to fight from the series that brought you an evil wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if anybody remembers in Final Fantasy IV, you fight a fucking wall. I do. A demonic wall. Do you get sucked in, you get sucked into the house, right? Yeah. And, like, yeah. Yeah. and it goes bad. Um, all right. Well, we'll have more to say, I'm sure, next week about the actual uh, 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 Final Fantasy VIII Rebirth release. Brad, do you think uh, you, you think you're on track to, oh, to yeah. hit? Yeah, no, I, I, I have to know. I'm, 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 well, I'm past a hump, but then I went and looked. I was, I just kind of looked up at like, how long is each chapter? I just want to know what I'm in for. Yeah, it sounds like there is one more stretch of like filler side mission. Okay, I started to say tedium. I guess I don't know for sure, but there's, I think there's three of them in the game. I think it's like. I forget what the first one is. It's early on, like chapter three, and then like chapter eight, nine has a lot of that stuff. And it sounds like there's one more instance of an area that is like five hours of just whatever. Well, uh, but but yeah, like I can't like bring I said, it with I, you. I have to know. I have to know. Uh, just what, make sure. Yeah. Just make sure for rebirth. Um, you know, get all your saves in order, right? Just make sure you have mm-hmm. your demo save. Yeah, you have right. your your remake save and your uh, intermission save. And you're good. As long as you have a save in all of them, you don't, you're not going to bring your materia, your items, your no, powers. No, no, but in, in all seriousness, though, I guess I will play that stupid demo just to get whatever extra stuff I think stuff you just have to there. have a save in it. Um, oh, you don't have to finish it? I, I don't think, I, I think you have to have a save in it to get the, I believe, again, I finished it, so, but I think you have to have a save in it to get the charm, the Koopo charm or whatever it is and whatever else it is, but... I don't know if you can skip the parts of it if you didn't fit if you don't have a clear save. Mm. From it, so. um, all right, Final Fantasy remake rebirth. Still, I don't like saying all that fun either. stuff. Yeah. Uh, all right, we also played. Well, let's actually, Alex. Ha. Huh. Hot hands, Alex. Is that me? How's the how is the uh, poker doing? How's oh how's your balance? God, drill? this thing is just a demon, man. <laughs> like this is just a nightmare of a time suck. Uh, this is Bellatro. We mm-hmm. mentioned this game. When we were talking about some of the uh, the Steam demos from uh, the net re- most recent Next Fest. Now it's out. Now it's out. You can buy the whole thing. It's like fifteen bucks, and I've definitely already gotten fifteen dollars worth of time out of this thing. Uh. So the the gist of it is, if you missed our previous discussion, uh, it is a run-based game. Uh, you are making poker hands, but it is not poker. Uh, you are... The way the runs work is that you start out with a regular deck of 52 cards. Uh, you are trying to make poker hands to beat a certain blind to move on to the next step of a stage. Uh, and then along the way, you are buying a million additional cards, uh, bonuses for cards, bonuses for hand types, things like that. They're all consumables. And then you have these joker cards, which create ongoing for your run uh, different kinds of bonuses. Mm, like depending. modifiers. And yeah, modifiers, like things like that. Um, and there are some permanent upgrades, though, like they're more just like, hey, you get an extra slot or there's more of these that appear in the store, that kind of thing. Um and then you unlock like new deck types that have bonuses attached to them and new joker types and whatnot. Uh, 
none of the runs so far have been that long for me. I think the furthest I've gotten was like about a 45 minute deep That's run. Pretty good. Yeah, Sounds it was like, like six tiers or something, okay. I think. Um, but it has that thing where as soon as you finish one, you're like, well, I could just start another one. <laughs> And, and you keep like your jokers and stuff that you've unlocked and all that from the runs. Yeah, right? you don't have them avail like they're unlocked and you can add them to your next right. run. But the thing is, like, you obviously start out fresh with a, a a raw deck. Okay, so you could they'll be sorry. So they'll the jokers will be available. They're to unlockable. Buy? Yeah, you okay. can buy them in the store. But the, the okay. you start out every run with zero jokers, unless there's gotcha. some later benefit that's like start with a permanent one oh, joker or sure, something, okay. which I haven't gotten to yet. Do you? Do you keep the enhanced cards after a run, or no? Does that no. reset also? The okay. only thing you can do so far, at least as far as I can tell, is unlock types to be added to your run as you go. Okay. Man. And it gotcha, is huh? it is a good thing that Lemmy did not live to play this game because he would have died playing it. <laughs> Just Knowing how much that guy huh? loved video poker, this uh -huh. is... Hitting a lot of those same notes of I'm just hitting the buttons and the poker hands are happening and then <laughs> bling. It's a nightmare. It's a fucking yeah. nightmare. And I mean that in the, the most complimentary way possible. Like I knew as soon as I saw you playing it, I was like, this is going to be dangerous for me. Yeah. And then I learned zero lessons from it and immediately started playing it. Look, there's no, uh, as far as you can tell, and I don't think there is, there's no monetization in it, right? No. You're just, you're in your little bubble. You're just playing for your fake money. There's no harm is being done. And the thing is, it solves the, the video game poker problem of playing against AI sucking ass. Like, that mm. is not a fun thing to do in any poker game that I have ever played in my life. It is never fun to play against AI players because they're all looks always exploitable to some degree. And then just becomes boring because you know exactly what to do. This is removing that whole aspect of it and just saying the only AI you're up against is, you know, the blind... And then when you get to a boss of a tier, they have a special ability, and they just have okay. to get past that ability. Sometimes it's a make, taking all the boons off of a particular suit, so yeah. every diamond just doesn't give you any bonuses. Sometimes it's like, hey, you have no discard ability, so you basically just have to figure out how to win by not discarding cards. It's, that it's, sounds hard. It gets pretty devious, but it's it's exactly what you need to play the poker and not have it feel like it's getting boring. A poker deck building game. Uh, Telling you, whoever came up with this, <laughs> demon. <laughs> Pure demon. I, I, I wish I knew poker. Like hearing people talk about this game makes me wish I could just like jump into it and play it without having to like develop I, a develop a good poker sense first. But the thing is, the thing you need to develop about poker is learning how to play people, not the hands. Mm -hmm. All this is is the hands. Like once once you know, all you have to know is that a flush beats a straight. You know, a four of a kind beats those. Like hmm. that's it. Hmm. And they bring that information up. That information yeah. is available to you if you if huh. you need it. Yeah. Yeah. So it really has nothing to do with like actual poker in the sense that it is not a game about playing people. It is purely just about using the hands for their devious ends. Interesting. Uh, maybe I'll give this a look at some point. You should. Yeah. It's it's basically you're maximizing how many points you can get per hand and not a full hand. Just the you know what makes a good poker set to get your score up the highest. Exactly. To beat that, to beat that ante. Um, or the blind, sorry, yeah. the blind they call it, right? Um, Bellatro out now, $15 on, uh, uh, I think it's on everything. Steam and Switch, actually. definitely. I don't know if okay. it's on other stuff too, but I, I got it on Steam because I was like, that's a game I'm going to play on my Steam Deck anytime I have to go anywhere. Oh, sure, sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, finally here, 
we, uh, I was going to say journeyed into, we fought our way, adventured into the world of Enshrouded. Let's just say there is no lack of multiplayer survival action games out there. Dude, <laughs> like hot off the heels of that one, Nightingale came out, you know, Nighting- looked at that one for a second and was like, should we stream some of that? Oh, yeah, oh I, I totally yeah. forgot Nightingale even existed. Maybe, Nightingale, maybe, I think that's an early access as well. Yeah. Maybe, or, maybe whatever playing, early program. Like maybe that's too many tree punchers in too short a time. <laughs> so Enshrouded, interesting that... I, it's much more adventure game than I thought it was going to be versus um, rock and stick or tree yeah. puncher or yeah. or even crafting. Yeah, well, there is plenty of that. But, There's plenty. Um, and digging, apparently. Yeah, like that's that's the part that was like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, I don't know. It's like it's like if Pal World is survival game plus Pokemon, this kind of feels like survival game plus Dark Souls to a degree. Yeah, to a degree. Yeah, like art style, um, combat a little bit. And of course, everything is a bit of Breath of the Wild with a glider. Yeah, and, there's also you know, yes, some grappling of that. hook and whatever. So yeah, you're you're kind of adventuring out, taking on quests. There's decent combat, you know, like there it's it's active combat. It's not your typical survival game. I shouldn't say that. I don't play the, that many of these games. From what I've played, it's not your typical combat. The combat yeah. feels more fleshed out with yeah, parrying I mean, and yeah, you know. par- yeah, it's parrying, dodge rolling. Uh, yeah blocking that kind of thing and you get your you get your uh mats and basically the core conceit of the game is some areas are enshrouded in this kind of mist mm-hmm. that's poison you're going and at least from what we played you're going and kind of conquering uh whatever is causing that poison to be there and then pushing forward in the world with a uh, raise the flag let's say metaphorically to push on uh, fast travel points i think i don't know how many people can play at a time we played three obviously i think it might be four not sure if it goes up higher than that but i, I actually kind of liked it it um it's yeah. moved. i there are things about it i like i'm not sure that i'm getting over the hump i tend to have with tree punching games which is that i just don't find the crafting aspects of it that personally compelling you know, with stuff like uh, Sons of the Forest and whatnot, I found that fun because it was fun to get into dumb misadventures with you guys more than it was the actual crafting process. But this does seem like it has some of the good dumb adventure stuff in there that I do like. And I did really dig when you just got a wingsuit out of nowhere. <laughs> I thought that was pretty fucking cool. Yeah, it it had good... Or I, from what we played, which isn't a whole lot for, I assume, one of these games like decent dungeon diving like we went and we we did some dungeon exploration fought a boss um which felt cool we didn't really get too much into the hardcore crafting or mining or digging side of things but you know we made some weapon upgrades and we we did what you do and in shrouded seems like there's a a pretty good core there it's it's, It's a crowded market yeah that's for sure i think it might have some satisfactory in it like i think you can automate i love it that's what people in chat were saying, which we didn't get into really. We were just getting to the point where we were kind of like smelting metal and stuff. But yeah, in addition to it being a mining game, it sounds like it might also be kind of an automation game as well. That sounds cool. I I, I might try and boot up um, and see where if it took any of my character stuff with me, what I took out, uh, materials, backpack. I know I came into your game with some stuff, so we'll see if I extract with some of those things. And boot up on my own and see. They do have dedicated servers uh, you can install. I, I don't know if we're going to start up an enshrouded server. It's fucking Windows only. What the hell? Is it Windows only? Yeah. 
Whoa. apparently it runs fine under wine if you want to run okay. on not windows but anyway um <laughs> it's, yeah, it's you know it, it is early access it's it's i i might i might check it back in on it after some time has passed and they get more in there and and fix it up a little bit like it's got some it's got some weird frame rate issues that are not like bad performance but more there's some weird cap on the frame rate that they haven't mm. figured out yet that they're aware of and stuff like that it's getting uh i'll say this for building servers you got to stock up on some RAM, man. There's a lot of servers you could be rolling out there nowadays. That's, that's what I, that's what stopped me on running a Power World dedicated server was that they talked like you should d- dedicate 32 gig to it for it to run stably. And I'm like, nope, I'm good. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's insane. Yeah, I, I have this dream of being able to just have, a, you know, a hypervisor that can spin up all of these game shards for these games or, you know, little slices for these games. But that's some of that's a lot. Yeah, you know. well, RAM's pretty cheap these days. Is, did it go back down? Depends on what you're getting, but yeah. Okay. Um, actually, non ECC RAM is is good. Yeah, I did. I did buy ECC for my for my server last year. I don't uh, need anything too fancy. I think I think we're I think we're we're past the hump on the DDR5 transition where prices are becoming somewhat reasonable again. I think unless there's like some inflation or bubble going on that I haven't seen. Okay, I'll have to take a look, and I, I think I have to take a look also at. Um, what non-enterprise motherboard RAM capacity is at these days? Uh, because that's tricky with not to get all tech talk here, but that's tricky with the ER5 because you can only get modules so big, but filling more than two slots it leads to a lot of stability issues in a lot of cases. Oh, really? Or you have oh, okay. to or you have to clock the RAM way down to get it get it stable. All right. Well, look, yeah, I don't need. Maybe you can go get some DDR4. Yeah, using using four sticks is not recommended in most cases. Everything's broken. Anyway, Enshroud yeah. is 30 bucks in early access. But they make 48 gigabyte modules now. I don't know if you've seen Do they? Yeah. No, I, I didn't know that. The 32 are bust, man. Or six. I think I might have had a 64. Mm. Is that? Is I'm that not th- sure there are consumers 64. There might be an enterprise. Okay. I'm not sure. Um, yeah. Ram me up. Let's go. You sure uh, you want to say that to me? Okay. Yeah. Ram me up. Thread right. me up and ram me up. All right. How's that Threadripper doing? Did the, is, can I get oh, a Threadripper? Uh, you certainly can if you're willing to pay $10,000. No, definitely okay. not. Then I have bad news for you. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. those uh, the Zen 4 Threadrippers are apparently kind of amazing, but yes, they are extremely expensive. Are those good for servers, for multi-threading? I like- mean, they are, but like, you know, what kind of server are we talking about here? Like, that is such insane overkill for basically anything anybody could do in a house. Okay. This is, uh, this is outside of the enshrouded talk. I apologize, but I'm going to ask you this because it's on my mind right now. When I was looking into some of this stuff, uh, am I mistaken or it's just how it is that some things in servers want strong single CPU stuff yeah, and some yes. can multi-thread ton, tons and tons of things are still single threaded or, or okay. very, very lightly parallelized if at all. Okay, so it's so not necessarily even about how many cores you can give to a thing. It's a, how strong each core not. might be. Absolutely right. not. Yeah, there's tons of stuff that will still only run on one core. All right. Anyway, that's my question. Thank yeah. you for indulging me. The other, the other thing I'll say real fast about multi-core stuff is like, what constituted a Threadripper? I don't know. When were the 2000 series Threadrippers? Like 10 years ago or something? Is it that like, long ago? Maybe not quite that. No, you're right. Actually, it was more like six, seven, eight. I was pricing one out when we were at Giant Bomb right. uh, before 
we went to Red Ventures. So the thing I was going to say is that a mid-range consumer CPU has more cores now than a Threadripper oh. did like okay. seven or eight years ago. And probably faster and stronger. Yeah, cores. absolutely. Single okay. single core performance also faster. So like just even even commodity hardware has outpaced what server hardware was or, or heavy workstation stuff five, All six right. years ago. Core yeah. me up. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to do it for the games. Unless you guys have anything else you want to drop in there? Not right now. I was going to try that um, Deep Rock, uh, um, what do you, what are the auto shooter mm-hmm. games? I, I didn't get into it. Um, that one is also out. I looked at it and then I was like, eh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm in for that one right now. Uh, so maybe, maybe I'll touch that again later. And again, like Brad, you said, Nightingale's out. Uh, I might dip into that. I did boot up Skull and Bones and then turned it right off. <laughs> like, uh, I should, I should it's get into it and check it out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just was like, I think I booted it up and then somebody pinged me and was like, you want to play Helldivers? And I was like, well, yes, I do. That happens. Yeah. You've got yeah. other plans and then somebody's like, you want to play Helldivers? And it's like, well. <laughs> what, are I going to say no? Yeah. Right. Well, well you know, was, I can get in the server. Somebody's in the server. I'm not going to pass that up. Right. I mean, well, yeah, like that's actually it, you know, like the game is best with friends and friends aren't always available. So when they are, you're like, man, I got to yeah. get in on this. I, I will try and get some skull and bones in just because I'm I'm actually I am genuinely curious what what's going on in that game, uh, so I'll try that for next week too. But that's going to do it for the games for this week. We've got some news to talk about, so stick around. We'll talk about it in just a second. And we are back, and it's time for the news. Some news here. Actually, stuff has happened, um, and it's not all terrible. No. Well, eh, it's interesting, let's first, say. First, I've got the first story right here. The Japanese magazine Jump has confirmed that Square is releasing Final Fantasy VII for PlayStation in Japan this December. Oh, I don't know. I don't it know what co- to believe anymore, Brad. It, it will cost 5,800 yen and will be on two CDs. Uh, yes, I have seen, uh, referring back to who, the contest of who reported, who talked about Final Fantasy VII first in the U.S. I have seen proof. Well, not not just not in the U.S., just on Usenet. Oh, sorry, on specifically Usenet. on Usenet. On Usenet, uh, dating to February eighth, nineteen ninety six, from one Brad Shoemaker. Mm-hmm. I have seen. Now, I don't know if this is a fake screenshot. I know there's a lot of fake. I don't know what to believe That's, anymore. Um, right. It's it's hard to tell, but I'll take you at your word. Sh- until somebody shows me proof otherwise, mm-hmm. you're the reigning champ. You should put this screenshot in the show notes on on Patreon. Go over to Patreon and go check it out. I could I could just link straight to the thread. You could. And people could read the whole thread. The first response. After more than one hour of scanning and searching through the files on NiftyServe, oh I don't see anything conclusive yet. It's internet's on it. They'll figure this out someday. Uh so one story down. One news story down. Brad Shoemaker, what else do we have? Uh, aside from uh, Square Enix ditching Nintendo, <laughs> what, is, what, what is Nintendo's response to that? Oh, it was just Squaresoft back then. Yeah, yeah it was just Squaresoft. You're right. But yes, they were traitors. Uh, <laughs> the impacts, the ripples felt so far and wide That's that right. 30 That's right. years later... The, the, impact, the impact of Square moving Final Fantasy off of Nintendo was such that they have now had to delay the Switch to... <laughs> still still feeling it to this day uh yeah this uh i did we talk about this before i don't know if we mentioned the rumor has been kind of percolating for a while that this might be delayed well we've we've definitely talked about 
switch to release rumors, but this yeah. specifically the delay into next year uh, is new since last week. Okay. Well, especially considering the current lineup for Nintendo Switch in 2024 is uh, static noises. Yes. <laughs> it's like paper thin. Uh, like and Sonic the, noises. There's a Princess Peach game. They just and, put out that Mario and Donkey Kong. Yeah. Like, there's probably something else. I mean, who knows? Maybe they could just be like, hey, Metroid Prime 4 is done. Don't mm. worry. Microsoft is going to fill the gaps for them. Uh, surely. <laughs> or Sony. Nobody's got games. Yeah. Right now. So, anyway. So this is all but confirmed, yeah? Like, um, yeah. It's getting it's verified, been, it seems It's like. been reported by multiple journalists and outlets. One of them is Eurogamer, who has corroborated with their sources that... Okay. I don't think we had a definitive, like, month for this year for the Switch 2. It had been everything from, like, September to November or something. There's a lot of holiday targeting. Yeah. I some, some people had said as early as September, but I think that turned out to be made up in one case. At any rate, the reporting is now the Switch 2 has been pushed back to Q1 2025. So no Switch 2 this year. But probably still plenty of Switch 2 rumors. Uh, oh, yeah. Definitely. Stop. Definitely. Eurogamer is saying they pushed it back to... I'll just read the quote here. Um, uh, the launch moving into next year is designed to ensure Switch 2's launch lineup features as many titles as possible. That's... That's about as noble a reason as you could have for delaying a console or hardware launch. <laughs> well, I mean, they saw what happened to Microsoft and Sony when their systems launched, and they were like, we're not doing that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I wonder, that makes me wonder if they've got something big that they're banking on at launch. Call of Duty. Uh, <sighs> I don't know. I mean, I it, to to me, it's less about do they have something big cooking which they probably do they probably have like three or four things big things cooking at any given time but you know the bigger thing is just like what is going to benefit us the most in terms of timing and i mean didn't the switch also come out early year when it when it launched yeah, it was march so this, yeah. this very well could be around the same time i mean it will by definition be roughly yeah, if it is q1 same, yeah same time frame so i mean I, it could be more a matter of just like hey if we release it this holiday, it's going to be a little thinner than we would like. We have some things that we've gotten guarantees on for Q1, so let's just try and push for that. Like, sure. what's three months actually going to do for a yeah. new Switch, really? Yeah, yeah. If if it if it if it does turn out that it was just a matter of November to March, that's not that big a deal. No, there was there was just I mean, as someone who is extremely hungry for new Nintendo hardware, it's just nice to reassure myself. Hey, they're you're, you're going to play a new Switch this year. They're doing it. But now it's like uh, roughly a year away. I'm yeah. still very, very curious to see if we see. I mean, I guess if it's March, we'll probably maybe by the end of the year see some promotional stuff. Like, yeah, will we see Switch Two games running on some promotional video. Yeah, I don't know. I I tried to run that exercise a few months ago. Like, try to track down all the announcements for the Switch One and when they came out relative to the release date, and it was yeah. kind of hard to. In fact, actually, Nintendo took down the original like big reveal mm. video off of YouTube last I checked. I don't know if they've put it back up. Did they also they have like a fairly short run up as far as like promotion went for the that, switch? That's what I remember. I, I feel like it was not more than three or four months that most of that information about that thing came out before mm. it launched. There were a million rumors for months and months before that, but I feel like the actual promotional cycle was like six months or less. Yeah. Like back when I was back when I was playing breath of the wild, I was, reading some forum posts from the run up to breath of the wild 
and coming across people pulling up like patents that Nintendo had filed and stuff. Like mm. the nature of the Switch had definitely leaked before they announced anything. Like well before, yeah. yeah. Like specifically, they had pegged the it's one console that is both a handheld and a console, and it plays the same games both ways. Like they that had definitely gotten out there before Nintendo made any announcements. Well, TBD, just just like Metroid Four, TBD mm-hmm. on. Um, we swear it exists. You know, <laughs> for example. What if what if the next big Mario game is launching with the Switch 2 and they were like, you know, we could use an extra three months to get this over the finish line. That'd be huge. Yeah. It's been a long time since Odyssey. I just don't think there are that many things internally at Nintendo that they would hold an entire system for. And they already yeah. did their Zelda and yeah. like for a while at least. And I I haven't seen any evidence that either A, Metroid Prime 4 is close enough to ready or B they're banking on that being a big enough thing to make your system launch game. Mm. So Mario makes the most sense. Yeah. It could, it could be either of those or both. Uh, this, this also could be helping third parties out as well. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe some development trouble. Yeah, Ubisoft Let's- has to collect 17 more games to put out on that thing. So yeah, a, a giant bundle. Uh, so that yes, is the Nintendo Switch. They also had a uh, Nintendo Direct. Ubisoft's got to get Red Steel Three ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get it, get it pumped and going. Um, bring more Assassin's Creeds over to the Switch Two. The uh, they had a Nintendo Direct, and I guess the biggest news that I could see. I mean, look, there's a lot of stuff in there that I kind of. I'm just going to say skim through on the Nintendo Direct. Uh, but it they showed those now. When you're listening to this, it's not as big a deal. But when I saw it, it was kind of a big a de- big deal. Grounded and Pentiment are, are going to be on the Switch. Mm-hmm. It's weird. They led with Grounded and gave it a good, long little reel. Pentiment <laughs> got tucked I literally into the montage. I literally saw headlines going, "Oh, they announced Pentiment's coming out tomorrow," which is today at the time of this record or the time this podcast goes out on Switch. I literally had to scrub through that video like five times to find it. It got like five seconds at the end of their montage yeah. toward the end of here are more great games coming to switch. Like poor Pentamon just got buried in that thing. Got a little buried. Uh, there was um, also the, um, was it Epic Mickey remaster? Yeah. There's an Epic Mickey or uh, remake coming, coming to I switch. I'm, I'm not sure what exactly what that was. Um, but yeah, the Microsoft, the Xbox stuff was the big thing there. And then, like you found this literally as we were about to start recording. I hadn't even seen this. Like Xbox Wire just went and announced all of the games that Microsoft is putting out. Yeah. Uh, including those two. And platforms. So. Yes. So. What do you got? God, it's, it's so hard to keep track because this time last week they hadn't even done their big podcast saying what the hell was going on. Yeah. <laughs> that was going to be the news until like two hours ago, at which point it was like, all right, now they've just announced all the games because yeah. they're pretty coy. The podcast was pretty coy. They were like, we're bringing four of our games to competing platforms. And that was kind of all they said. Or, you know, they were like, two of them are community driven, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. That that whole podcast had a, a very weird. I, I haven't watched any of their other podcasts. I don't know if the whole vibe is always that weird. Had a very weird. Is this really necessary? What you're saying here? vibe to it and i guess they thought it was but i watched it live you could see me live reacts during the cyberpunk stream and i think at some point i just went back to cyberpunk because it had a very like yeah okay yeah you're saying it felt very much to me like a response more than anything else like to the fact that everyone was freaking out and it it felt somewhat hastily assembled in that way that did not really benefit the information they were trying to actually get out there 
Yeah, and and so this this is much more. Well, this is the first part of it, right, Brad? This is the the games that they're bringing over. This is wave yeah. one. Yeah, they finally just went and ran a blog post here that very explicitly details everything. So, uh, so Pentiment is out again today. It's out today at the time this podcast goes out on PS4, PS5, and Switch. Good. That's a fun so, game. People should be checking it out. Uh, so that, that's one question we'll get answered today: is Are you going to be able to log into in, log into your Xbox account on a PS5? Yeah, <laughs> on a PlayStation, which is something I'm. I mean, I, I know I know Minecraft is a thing, but Minecraft is its own thing. Fair. This is this is just an Xbox game. Like I'm really curious if they extend that to everything. Uh, Hi-Fi Rush is only coming to PS5. No PS4 and a Switch. Hmm. Uh, on March 19th. Uh, Grounded, which Nintendo announced, but Grounded is also coming to PS4 and PS5 as well as Switch on April 16th. Uh, don't forget crossplay. Yeah. Across Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, uh, Switch, and PC. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, so, that, that that rules. Yeah. Um, and then Sea of Thieves is the last one on the 30th of April, only to PS5. Yeah. Uh, but still, that's that's awesome for both of those games to to open up games that thrive on uh, multiplayer like that to such a bigger audience. Yeah. And cross play on sea of thieves as well. So yeah. you, you can play with people on uh Xbox. I mean, I think that's awesome. That, yeah. That's, that rules. I, I hope that's, we should, maybe, maybe we should play some more sea of thieves after <laughs> that happens when there's a bunch of new people out there. So I assume that's, I assume that's free. Uh, it, it doesn't say here. Which one? Uh, sea of Thieves. Would that no, be a, f- a free thing? I don't on? think there, there's never been a free. Maybe I just had it from Game Pass. Do you have to buy it if you don't have Game Pass? Yeah, but yeah. It's still. Let's see. <laughs> Interesting. It's now labeled as Sea of Thieves 2023 Edition on Steam. Okay, is what they're calling it. Interesting. Right. Uh, it's it's forty bucks. Right oh, it now. is forty bucks. Okay. Um. Yeah, I. Gonna say. You know. I think it's great. I think it's awesome that these things are cross-play. I think uh, probably some of these will have quote. I'm going to use air. Um, you can't see me. I'm doing air quotes. Like see if these probably has like a cross save because you're probably just hitting your character server from somewhere. Uh, I wonder. I wonder if gra- if I boot up grounded, if it would pull in all of my world and save data f- across whatever Microsoft services I had. I'm going to assume. Yes, you would certainly hope so. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. They, I'm looking at their st- statement here last week on the official Xbox podcast. We also discussed how Xbox consoles, this is where we're getting into the second part here of their, um, commitment to hardware. Yeah, actually, real quick, I, I I had these quotes up and then I closed them and don't have them anymore. But they also talked about stuff like Starfield and Indiana Jones. Yes. And I want to say there were some kind of mixed messages like on on that podcast. I think Phil Spencer said pretty unequivocally Starfield and Indiana Jones would not be going with multi-platform. He said that's not I think he said something like that's not what we're talking about here. Like or maybe something, that, OK, that's that's a little, something like that. That's, the, that's I think little. when he said he was talking about the four games and he said. Uh, it's not one of the, they're not Indiana Jones and Starfield. They're not okay. those four games. Okay. Maybe that, that's a little squishy. I could be then. misquoting, but that's what I remember. Yeah. That, that, that's a little squishier, but also I think he, I think he gave a separate quote to the verge that made it sound more like, you know, we're, we're considering games on a case by case basis or something like that. Could so we, maybe. Uh, yeah. I think they just want to see how this stuff does. Yeah. I mean, these to me sound like things that, grounded sea of thieves are player based things where you're going to open up that player base. I think that's a big deal. 
Hi-Fi Rush and Pentiment are probably things where they want to recoup as much money from those games as possible by getting them on other systems, you know, like, uh, yeah. you know, Take I mean, systems without, did, without game pass. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. Yes. Yes. Without game pass and like have people buy those games and try and recoup costs on the, they're two great games that are limited to being a, an exclusive and you're opening it up, but they're probably not the games that people are coming to Xbox game Pass for. Right. Yeah, like, like yeah, Starfield I mean, or Indiana Jones. Yeah, like they're you know they're they're putting Hi-Fi Rush in front of fifty million new people. Yeah, they're putting Pentiment in front of God, two hundred and fifty. You're just adding up all the player bases. Yeah, like PS4 or five and Switch. Yeah, granted, granted, there's a ton of overlap between PS4 and five, but yes, yeah, so I'm gonna play it both on PS4 and then on PS5. But uh, yeah, so Brad, the second half of this thing is their hardware. Yeah, and their commitment to it. Uh, Sarah Bond, who is now the president of Xbox on that podcast, um, talked about hardware some. There's some exciting stuff coming out in hardware that we're going to share this holiday. Uh, three guesses what that is. I mean, that that discless Series X that leaked a while back certainly could be what they're mm. talking about. Or who knows? Maybe they're making the Xbox handheld that everybody wants. Clamoring for. I doubt yeah. it. I doubt it. Yeah. Um, and then, and she said, and we're also invested in the next generation roadmap. Yeah. So like last week was one thing with the PlayStation earnings and them saying like, Oh, you know, we're moving into the second half of the PS five and there's all the PS five pro rumors that are quite persistent, but that's still technically just a refreshed version of this console. I think this is the first time anybody in either of those companies has just straight up talked about the next console. (laughs) Right. Well, I think, I think you've said it before or I'm just misquoting you here, Brad, probably is, you know, having to lock in hardware specs, uh, pretty early on yeah. in manufacturing to, to get a jump on putting a console out even within what, like a couple of years, three or four yeah, years. I, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know exactly what the lead time is, but I mean, she, she, she says, what we're really focused on there is delivering the largest technical leap you will have ever seen in a hardware generation, uh, which makes it better for players and better for creators and the visions they're building. Um, you have to say that, don't you? That's yeah, a pretty that's big a, claim. Yeah, that is a pretty big claim. Although there's so much wild shit going on in PC hardware right now that who knows what she could be referring to there, like new machine learning stuff, new ray tracing stuff. Who knows what hardware that's several years out uh, has brewing right now. You think they go back and they um, we, 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 we revisit the Azure like off console computing services mm, i don't know i feel like, like that was talked up and then maybe like one or two things used it yeah claim like, to use it i don't i don't know if i don't know if anybody's going to try it in the way that crackdown three talked about doing it where they were like oh we're going to move like destruction physics into the cloud or whatever yeah. stuff like that uh i don't know who knows like it seems like people come to that more organically rather than having the platform foisted on them right like like fly simulator did right it's like flight I think so. just has a data set too big to store locally. So we're just going to like stream some of that stuff in. I mean, granted those downloads are, are huge to begin with, but yes. Uh, and you know, if they did make that a core of the system, that would inherently make that an always online system, but mm-hmm. do not say that. Mm. Uh, They'll yeah. find another way to say that. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's, it's, it's going to be much more case by case rather than like every game has to have it or something, but 
you know, Microsoft, has, Microsoft has a huge cloud compute business uh, and they own oh, yeah. play, play fab now. So they kind of like, they kind of have the whole stack of online multiplayer stuff. Yeah. Uh, um, they, uh, that jump from that jump into the PlayStation was a pretty big hardware jump for me generationally. Yeah. You're, you're going to have to, you're going to have to do a lot to get me to go from my super Nintendo to a PlayStation and beat that. That seems like right. a pretty big deal. That's right. It'll never be like that again. <laughs> um, so Jeff Grubb of Giant Bomb has been out there with some rumors. Either, I don't know if I'm, I'm trying to compare dates here. I think it was around the same time this podcast ran. Yeah, same day, actually. Uh, he has implied that this next Xbox could be out in 2026. That's pretty soon. Which is just under three years from now. It's a switch in 25, a new Xbox in 26. Yeah, you yes. look at the timeline, it's actually not that crazy because the last generation, as we've said multiple times before, was longer than it was they usually long. tended to be. Yeah, it was it was insanely long. It's it's weird because prior to the 360 era, console generations were like at most 5 years, you know? Mm, yeah. Like this would be 6 years if this thing came out in 2026, that would be 6 years since the Series X and like by the old standard, that's perfectly normal and even a little bit long. But by the standard of this past generation, that's like, yeah. that's like, what do you mean? Another, I just bought this one. So I don't know. You think there's, um, I guess it's worth mentioning like pro versions of any of these things. Is that like a midpoint, a refresh in the Xbox market? I, I feel I mean, like it's it has- hard. It just it, it depends a lot more on terms of like what are they going to have to price their main console at? Like, is there is there value in them doing another XS split? You know, yeah. to try and you know juice some numbers to to get the hardware in front of people that maybe don't want to pay the max price for the the best hardware. But you know, when you consider the way developers have been talking about the Series S throughout its lifespan, I feel like they have to have a very good reason to do that again. I, th- I I agree with you. I think we'd have to basically move on from the S. You can't introduce a third version of the same generation, right? Like yeah. A, oh, they like definitely a, will not. Like the, yeah, that so won't the, happen. The current the current state of the rumors is that definitely no refresh from Microsoft, but the PS5 Pro rumors are extremely persistent. Okay. And a lot of them are like, hey, dev kits are out to developers already. Wait. Like it's happening. Wait. Okay. So this year, look, if we follow this through. We are we just are we just gonna be off cycle on generations between like the Switch the whatever the new Xbox is and a PS whatever PlayStation Pro have because they won't I, I, put I'll out say, a PS six after I, that right um well they will but just well, maybe not right away I think, yeah like, not right away documents that leaked a while back was that like twenty twenty eight was what people were originally targeting for the next generation okay uh, which would have been an eight year cycle which is like pretty consistent with the last couple but that's weird um. I'll say two things here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Microsoft got like the the most ground that the Xbox ever gained was oh, the yeah. time was the time they launched early against PlayStation. It's true, but how early was that? That was like a, a year? year. It was a year. Yeah, uh, three sixty. I mean, it was also price was also a factor there. Yeah. Um. I've forgotten what the other thing was. I was going to say. I mean, that's a big one, though. Is <laughs> the thing? Yeah, that I think that's yes. actually kind of the most important one. Yes. 
Uh, you um, were talking. Uh, we were talking about rumors. We were talking about uh, PlayStation uh, Twenty Eight, uh, Xbox Twenty Six, which Twenty Five off cycle. Like, what have we ever had a a generational gap that went more than a year between PlayStation and Xbox since the original Xbox? Um, I mean, if you if you remove Nintendo from the conversation, yeah, which you, you probably Nintendo should, out. because they're just doing their own thing at this point. Um. Gosh, uh, I think it seems PS- like a long time. PS2 and Xbox were like what a year and a half apart, I think. Okay, and a year apart for PS3 and 360, and then the last two have been like within a couple weeks of each other. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's okay. It's just a weird thing. I'm very curious to see what Microsoft does if they do abandon their split skew if they launch a new thing in in two years, like is it one console for that generation? Are they, do you pack in streaming stuff into that console and hit the middle ground so that people who want a better experience pay for it on a streaming end or something or, and, and kind of price it in the middle? I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Like, I mean, the I, stuff yeah. that the stuff that Sarah Bond was talking about sounds pretty grandiose, you know, like biggest technical leap ever sounds like an expensive box, but yeah, I don't, I don't would know. they abandon their other their S market? Uh, well, at that point you're in a new generation, so like, you know, they, well, I mean, they, like, do you make a do you make whatever the next thing is the S version of it, right? Do you make two boxes? Again? Oh, oh, oh! You mean yeah. do they do do they maintain that model of a two tiered? Yeah. That's where I was talking about. Yeah. Like, do they feel like they're justified in doing that again? I bet. Yeah. I bet that is like a corporate fight between business people who were like, look how many S's we sold yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, and developers and people on the developer end going like, look how hard it is to support two of these things. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I wonder how many times a boulders cake gets run in there. The barest yeah. minimum is that they cannot name these consoles the way they named the last Oh gosh. Ones. Yes. They cannot do yes, this. The, yeah. The branding on the series consoles was a huge misstep. Yes. That's all interesting. I mean, upshot is you're getting, um, you're getting, Xbox games across platform here. We just named the four of them, uh, which I think is kind of cool, especially for opening up player bases. Yeah. I mean, again, they're dipping their toe here. Like these are not their biggest games, but they are games that, you know, generally were received very well. I mean, Sea of Thieves is pretty big for them, but I would say that like this feels very much like a we're testing the waters. And also I'm just happy more people might get the chance to play fucking Peniment and High Rush. Like those games 100% were great. That, that's all awesome, and it seems like the best of both worlds because those games have all been out for a year or much more than a year. You know, it's like yeah. can open these good games up to a much bigger audience, and also not totally undercut our our own platform. You know, the, the other thing, and I think Games Industry Biz had an article on this is, um, you know, PC is kind of big again, and I bet with the way Hell Divers is moving on PC, Sony is looking at that with big wolf eyes you know mm-hmm. yeah it's it's so crazy to see the Helldivers launch happening concurrently with the sony ceo's comments about like oh you know we kind of might want to get more aggressive about expanding to other platforms <laughs> yeah and then here comes it can't be it can't be the first day and date release they did can it maybe it is like have of they, a sony published yeah has, has sony done a day and date what was the house mark game and pc what was it? Which or not Resogun. Jesus, that was a very old house market. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a long, Returnal. Long time ago. Returnal. Yeah. Returnal. Did that launch no, on PC no, Re- as well? Returnal was much later on PC. Okay. I think yeah, Hell Divers is first day. Anyway, like to see their first potentially their first day and date PC release explode on PC like that. Explode. Kind of wild. 
Like, um, I, I don't know if these numbers are true, but what people were reporting was like, I mean, you can look at the Steam concurrent. It's in the 400,000. Oh, it's if crazy. If server caps are 450,000, that means you have 400,000 on Steam and 50,000 on console, which I don't know if that's true or breaks down that way, but that seems like a lot. It, it was within spitting distance of the number two game on Steam at some point. Like, Counter-Strike yeah. is always going to be way out in front unless something insane happens, but... But it was, it was, if, if it hasn't hit number two, it got very close. Yeah. So, yeah. I, so getting stuff in other places aside from the con, your console you're on is probably something that, you know, the first party console is probably going to be a thing we see in the future. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Especially as we talk about the next story here. The last thing I was going to say about the Xbox stuff, though, I mean, like, that seems like a pretty good play if, you know, launching early against the competition paid off the, the one time they did it before and yeah. they're this far behind and don't seem to have another answer for catching back up. Like, that seems like a pretty potentially valuable thing to try. Potentially. I don't know. I, the Switch 2 is an easy sell for me since the launch of the Switch. I've wanted a better Switch. The Series X so far seems very competitive seems totally fine i also have a pc where i play a lot of that stuff it, it the series x doesn't seem that far behind my pc in a lot of ways so i think a new xbox that could be four hundred dollars or five hundred dollars seems like a tougher sell but two years is kind of a long time so i guess we'll see but um you know you have to have a reason right you can't just push hardware Optimally. out there right yeah, yes so. like you, you've got to justify it to people but at the same time i feel like there is like this whole kind of like class of early adopters out there now who will buy it just because they want the newest thing. Yeah. You know, but th- is that enough for a whole hardware launch? It might, might be enough. Be it might be enough to drive the wedge in mm. and get people yeah, we'll bought see. into that ecosystem. I don't know. It's who knows. It's, it yeah. seems like a maybe, risky gamble, but maybe one, it's a whole console off. like built around UE five or, or something, you know, that like takes advantage of all of the, the bells and whistles and yeah, there's no telling what they might end up putting in there. Um, I, I have, I have heard some very vague stuff that would not contradict this idea of this thing coming out sooner than you think. Mm, mm. Uh, I will say that 2025 going to be an interesting one, huh? Well, uh, yeah, probably more interesting than this year is going to be. <laughs> well, 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 I guess it depends how interesting this year is what we're doing in 2025. What kind of interesting yeah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Brad, what's our next story here? Or um, what is our next group of stories? Yeah, here? there's just like a bunch of stuff continues to come out that sort of paints a picture of how things are going in the business. Um, and like what kind of reckoning or correction we seem like we might be headed for in the AAA space. Mm. Um, Sony stock took a bath last week after the the stuff we talked about where they are missing or revising down their target for PS5 sales this year. Yeah. I mean, it it really took a large hit off of that. Um, but the thing we did not get into, and I didn't realize until it became a headline, was that their profit margins are also down badly. Or maybe we did talk about that. I can't remember. No, this was reading this story. I, I did not realize until I was reading this story either. Like that, because uh, that seemed like a really big hit. But then I guess when you look at what you just said, the the margins being lower, maybe yeah, that's why. Right. Like it, I mean, it's you know, it seems like it's like missing the missing the hardware sales target was not great, but also like it seemed like a lot of analysts were like, yeah, that was kind of an unrealistic target to begin with. Of course, but it's, it's, it's essentially, it's the fact that they are spending more money against the money they're making now is what the financial world is really not happy about. Um, 
And combined with what Sony said last week about, you know, like no new major IP, not, not sorry, not new IP, no, no new installments in our IP through the next fiscal year, at least until right. mid 2025. Like they don't seem like they're, despite having a huge hardware lead on Microsoft, they don't seem like they're in that much better of a position as a business right now. So their their numbers, according to this article on CNBC, uh, reported six percent for December. That's last December, in contrast to nine percent in twenty twenty two's December. So, you know, that's I I ain't no businessman, but those numbers that number's lower. Yeah, I mean, so some of that is like they're throwing money at a lot of stuff. You know, they made the PlayStation Portal, the PSVR two. Mm-hmm. They're making a PS five Pro, if rumors are to be believed. Like that's mm-hmm. some of it, but also. Games are just insanely expensive now, especially the like prestige, you know, really good looking single player driven stuff that Sony tends to focus on. Do you think some of that has to do with their Bungie acquisition too and kind of the operating costs of, of housing? A, a I don't know. Decent- I, I'm definitely out of my depth on like okay. what line item does that spend but come fair. off of or how does that yeah, affect yeah. things? Operating revenue, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the the big thing here is just like can, is 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 the current output of like Sony and and Microsoft in terms of putting out exclusives for their consoles sustainable, or even even more broadly, is like the is the average very expensive multi hundred million dollar triple A game sustainable period at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that goes back to even what Phil Spencer was saying in that Xbox podcast, which if you if you look. If you take the core conceit, which again is up for debate, but if you take his core argument that we're set up as an industry that has to show growth, right? We have to show growth. And how do you show growth? You either monetize the base you have now more, Mm -hmm. or you add more people into it. And I feel like that's what you're talking about is how do you make more money from your investment on a AAA title? You either have to charge more for it for the people that are playing it, or you got to get that thing in front of more people. And, and grow that way. Yeah. And you really get the impression that the $70 thing was their vision of a compromise more than anything else. Like the way publishers have been treating the $70 thing, it feels very much like they wish they could be charging more. Oh, absolutely. A thousand percent. Oh, like that's, I mean, that's kind of a big part of the, of the issue here is that the market has roundly rejected just, you know, linear increases in game costs, which is what's led to the, endless procession of, of live service games that they can monetize in a more like piecemeal fashion. You know, the uh, hundred dollar, the hundred dollar, you can play five days early yeah. editions. Mm-hmm. I was going like to say the explosion of the digital deluxe, uh, yeah, edition. Right. yeah. Or, you know, in the past 10, 15 years, all the project $10 stuff, the like endless DLC. Yeah. Like, you know, they're, they're finding more ways to make money because they can't get away with just charging more. Because they wish they could just charge you 90, do- 90 to $100 for the game. Period. For the base yeah. game. Yeah. They will charge you 90 to $100. I, what was the, it was, I think it was MK, which was like $100 for, I think the, the past. I think the Super Edition was like 110 or something. Yeah. yeah. It was something, it was something way out there that's like, okay, um, yeah, I, this I is what we're doing you. now. Yeah, they they would like those games to be a hundred dollars, um, and we got there. You know, like they, we they found a way. way. <laughs> we had to stuff some other bullshit in the box, but we got yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's kind of on on some level. Uh, there there are a lot of things where it's a shame that I that games don't operate more like movies in terms of having more visibility and stuff like this. Because like you know how much movies cost. 
mm-hmm. setting aside, setting aside creative Hollywood accounting where they hide, mm-hmm. like they hide how much money comes in and mm-hmm. stuff like that, you know, but like generally, you know what the budget of a movie is and like, you don't really see that for games as much. Some of that stuff for better or worse came out of those insomniac leaks a couple months ago. But by all appearances, like big games like Spider-Man are like just astronomically expensive to make these days. Yeah. And so and, like, and yeah, yeah they're, I they're, they're bananas. I, I feel like, I feel like we might be getting to the point where the only other option besides like raising prices, finding other like sidelines to monetize is just reduce how much games cost to make, which means scaling down the production, you know, yeah. right, the scope of like, the game. Right. Like, <laughs> just at this moment when like graphics hardware and associated technology is more advanced than ever. Like, are we going to get to the point where they can't afford to utilize it anymore? Well, I, I would think, so this will be a tough one and this is just a uh, uh, old Vinny in the corners opinion, but you know, do you remember you guys have been doing this in long enough time where you absolutely do remember our count versus money, right? Like yeah. that is how many hours is this game? It can't be $60 if it's 12 hours, right? Like that's, that's not enough game, but I do feel like maybe that's where we're headed where games are not a Spider-Man game. Doesn't need to be 28 hours long or 20 hours. I don't know how much, how long would you say that last Spider-Man game two Spider-Man two game was, if you got everything 15, uh, was, 20, no, about 30, 30. Okay. Yeah. Like, and a lot of people I mean, that, that was, that was a like talking point. A lot of people were very upset that you could hundred percent that game in 30 hours. So like maybe that game, maybe those games become 12 hour games, uh, you know, and then the side content or the story doesn't go as long and, and you cut down on, I don't know the scale of, um, returns on the assets you've built. If you built the world, then maybe getting that extra 10 hours is not as much time as the initial building. I don't know how that works, but uh, again, uh, uh, that article that CS- CNBC article basically points out investors are wondering why the margins are lower when we've moved to more digital sales and with more PlayStation plus subscriptions, right? Like yeah. you'd think the margins would be higher because we've cut some of the hard costs that are out there. And we have these, not all of them apparently. Well, I think Brad, to your point, the games are just so much more expensive. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. And that, you know, that raises the question of like Spider-Man two will probably come to PC eventually. Should it also come to Xbox? I mean, like they need to be able to sell that game to as many people as they can, right? Totally. Like in that particular case, I would say the main reason it should not come to Xbox is because there just aren't enough Xboxes out there necessarily. I mean, maybe there are. Yeah. Maybe if it's like 25 million Xboxes or whatever it is, although that game's probably not going to run on a Series S. So maybe this whole conversation is moot. Spider-Man 2 on Switch too. Um, but theoretically, like, isn't there, there's a quote, there's a Phil Spencer quote in that podcast about like, he kind of essentially predicts the end of exclusives coming in the next few years. And I think like, that's probably wrapped up in the, how do you make more, how do you grow as an industry? Right. right. Yeah. And clearly Sony is in a similar position to them yeah. in terms of just needing to make more money off of the investments they're making in games. I, I mean, not to mention, I, I wish this were the case, but it's probably worth bringing up that we'd all like to make sure too, that people are being compensated in development fairly. Right. So like that's going to bring cost of development up. I don't think that's the reasons they're talking about here necessarily, but that would be a nice thing to see folded in there was like, Oh, also people are making 
livable wages and having more job security within this industry. We're maturing <laughs> as an industry. You're never going to hear that. Any. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but you know what I mean, right? Like yeah. we're maturing as an industry and we're having that, that part is bringing up, bringing down the margins and Hey, maybe at the top, you're going to have to be happy with 6% and not 9% uh, at that point. At that that's me making that stuff up, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it would be, that's would be you nice. imagining a better world. Yeah. Right. Like where that was, again, that was going back to Phil's premise there that in an industry that needs to grow, otherwise it's con- contracting and that means failure. How do you keep it growing? And you know, that's what corporations need to be fed and grow and shareholders want to see that stuff, um, you know, or not stagnate at, at the very, um, minimum. Yeah. Look, we were in giant corporations where there was no, did you not have a higher percentage this year than last year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it fucking sucks, right. but it's also the nature of the system, you know? So yeah. like, what do we, what do we do? Yeah. And the industry is growing and it is getting bigger despite, despite the layoffs and everything like that. The amount of money that is coming in is still very large and it, the audience is getting bigger. And so this is a, a re- really weird collision for a lot of things. Um, because there's, there's a lot of people still see a lot of gold in them Hills. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. You know, it's just, I mean, it's a, we've talked about this before. I think Phil Spencer says it in that podcast. It's just that most of that money is going to five games, right? Like yeah. most, most of that money is going to Fortnite, Minecraft and yeah. like three of uh, the call of duty and like one Roblox, you know? Yeah. And like, that's Unless it. you're Nvidia and you're in the AI business and then you're just, I, there's like literally this fucking banner. That's what I saw this, the story this banner on CNBC <laughs> yeah. as I'm, we're talking about the Sony story and video yeah. posts record revenue up 265%. Yeah. Oh. Right. Yes. Should have bought some Nvidia machi. stock a couple of years ago. Uh, are we never just getting affordable video cards ever again? Are they like, if it wasn't crypto, are people just going to be buying them for AI farms now? Well, like most, I mean, most of that revenue is coming from like the, you know, the H100s and the $40,000 enterprise cards, data center cards that they sell and all the interconnects around that stuff. But also, yes. Okay. Like Jensen Wong quite literally said a year or three ago, basically like this is what graphics cards cost now. Get used to it. The day of the, the time of the $400 graphics card is gone. Yes. Great. Uh, well that's Sony. Uh, how about quickly here? Um, I'll lead off with the, the, the kind of more interesting or, or less, uh, horrific news. Um, Bandai Namco showed an Elden ring, their Elden ring DLC trailer. Sorry, let me pull the name of it up here again. Shadow of the Erd Tree. Shadow of the Erd Tree. Their DLC, Mm -hmm. their pre-sequel, pre-sequel, nobody really knows where this takes place uh, in the Elden Ring universe. Lord knows I don't know where this takes place. It takes place in wherever you left off last time. But some stuff that is more obvious in, in this game I don't know if you remember Alex from when we saw it, but there was uh, there was basically a person who was in an, a cocoon or an egg, Mikola. Uh, that's oh, I remember that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we played through some of that. Uh, that seems to be what this game will be focusing on, which is very cool. Which is what a lot of people expected it to be. Uh, there's also this other boss that looks connected to the red-haired whole story uh boy do you guys brad did you want to playing a bunch of it do you remember all of the the people no definitely not i got like 20 hours in elden ring or something but definitely did not 
I remember the dung eater. <laughs> the dung eater, <laughs> while very good. Mesmer, which is in in the trailer. I don't know the story stuff. Uh, is is a mess, and I'm gonna ha- have to go watch a bunch of lore videos again to see what is going on there. Uh, because who who can keep track? Uh, not I. Vati. I'll go watch the Vati videos. Yes, it seems like there's um uh hand to hand combat, which seemed new. Hmm. Um, which. Okay. Yeah, it seems saw neat. a dude doing some sick kicks. Yeah, yeah, that's huh. like seem new. Some different like ranged weapons that crossbows in it. Up, oh, look, I'm up for it. I think the well, story. Of course you I'm, are. What did? Yeah. What, well, was that even a question? I mean, I mean this this thing is this thing is going to have like a one to one attach rate with the original game, right? Like yeah. who who is who the liked Elden Ring is not going to buy this? I gotta go and I gotta brush up on my like Radon, Ronnie, Rikerd, Mikola, Melania lore because i don't remember what's happening there it's radagon buckle up look there's someone you're gonna have to go kill you'll go kill them that's it <laughs> what else do you what else do you need to know there's a new guy well, to kill go kill that guy yeah well i think the gal, bigger thing, whatever <laughs> the bigger thing to me is where does this take place and does it take place across time i have no idea uh this is gonna be out in june uh yeah. and i think it's gonna be 40 bucks as it seems like the oh, pricing on that's, it yeah fairly substantial yeah uh that's what i was it's also been a year and a half since that game came out so i feel like this doesn't just feel like two years it's been like two years yeah yes almost to the day so like in in three days it'll have been two years i mean they're talking about this like it's an expansion like not Mm. just like a dlc thing like it is a straight-up expansion pack and like given that amount of time and the nature of what they're talking about, this is the thing. I mean, this could be pretty fucking substantial, you know? Yeah. Seems like it. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking. The Bloodborne DLC was 20. Uh, I don't remember how much the Dark Souls 3 DLC was. I mean, this is what? Still their biggest game ever, right? I assume. It must be. I don't, I don't, I haven't seen numbers, but just judging by word of mouth and zeitgeist around it surely it is it's huge. I feel like they're just very justified in taking their time and making this thing significant oh yeah also, yeah, yeah i'm not, I'm not i, I yeah. wasn't saying like it's too expensive i mean yeah. more like this seems to imply that there's probably a lot here yeah and i think there's that story it's not i didn't look it up but sorry uh i think from just bought the trademark right for elden ring um oh. from bandai namco so i think oh. they can probably self distribute i I don't actually know what the technical what that actually means uh for publishing but i think they bought it out oh i did not see that at all yes yes from software has acquired the Elden ring trademark from bandai namco yeah so i'm not sure what that actually means in terms of who owns what but it's probably a big deal i mean i'm I'm sure bandai namco still wants to make money off of elden ring and they will i wonder if they just decided they needed some upfront cash and we're like, well, you know, I mean, we made a lot of money off this thing. Go with God. <laughs> yeah. I, I, publishing stuff is weird, especially. With, Always has been. Yeah. So, like, maybe they just want to get publishing in other territories uh, or, or, or hold it down in other, other territories. I really don't know. This, this, this story on Video Games Chronicle says the only thing we have evidence of publicly is it's the name. The name. Right. right. Okay. That they've taken ownership of. Not necessarily yeah. the whole IP. Yeah, so again, I, I don't know, but I, just kind of going back to, is this a big game? Yeah, I think Elden Ring is oh, yeah. huge oh, yeah. in yeah. terms sure. of, uh, for, for, sure. for From Software and, yeah. and that whole thing. For Massive. Sure. And their history with um, 
Dark Souls and Sony and Demon Souls and whatever else, whatever have you. Mm-hmm. Who owns? What have you? Bloodborne is still Sony too, right? Yes. Okay. When the fuck are they going to remaster Bloodborne? <laughs> Cannot believe well, we are still asking this question. Remaster, stick it on PC, get 400,000 players. Sony needs to make more money from the investments they've made. How the That's fuck right. yeah. have mm-hmm. they not done this? I don't know. There's got to be some weird wedge in there somewhere that we just don't know about because you're right. There's nobody on either side of that thing that does not seem like they would not like to make more money on Bloodborne. Yeah. I mean, I just, it would sell so much. Who's going to remaster it? Who's going to get in there? Uh, I'm not going to do it. I would say Bluepoint, but they're, they've been rumored for ages to be working on a new IP. Mm. Bloober team. (laughs) Yeah. Housemark. Get Housemark in there. I would like to see House Mark's Bloodborne. That'd be mm-hmm. a hell of a game. Uh, all right, so that's been, uh, well. Uh, that was the ringing in the Bandai Namco story. They had their Elden Ring uh, trailer, and I guess they lost their tra- the trademark rights to the name to From Software. But what else are they doing, Brad? Oh, I just this was kind of along with the Sony stuff. A couple other quick hits of like. Like we, we've talked about a lot about layoffs and now I feel like we're starting to get more visibility into like at the corporate level, what is happening with this mm-hmm. kind of contraction like Namco and their earnings report or uh, in the messaging around it revealed they have canceled five games that were in production. Yeah. Um, and basically said that they are looking to institute kind of stronger quality control of the stuff they put out. I'll just throw this out there. Also Embracer has canceled apparently 29 games. Wow. Since that investment uh, fell through, that $2 billion investment fell through last year. Should be a sign that maybe Embracer has embraced too much. Yeah, yeah, you might, you might argue that. Uh, This, this quote uh, probably translated uh, from this video games chronicle story on the Bandai Namco stuff from a a representative is such a dystopian cyberpunk I'm just going to read this quote of disposal of work in progress. I I knew which one you were talking about (laughs) was decided in accordance with internal rules regarding evaluation and the online games and other products subject to this disposal were also implemented in accordance with these rules. That is the thing you hear when you get ejected in lethal company into Uh space. Like disposal is a word that you usually associate (laughs) with garbage and bombs. (laughs) Again, Probably a translation. Probably translated, and also I'm sure this is like financial speak. But man, that is uh, that's nothing you ever want to hear. Yeah, but anyway, you know, like we've talked a lot. Like when Will was on recently, we talked a lot about how like smaller indie and mid- mid- middle sized developers are having trouble getting funding. Yes, like this also gives you more visibility into what's happening, like at at the bigger publishers, right? At, you know, Embracer is kind of a special case, but like it seems like even. Even the bigger projects are maybe going to be fewer and further between for a while. It's it's going to be, I think we said this before, it's still going to be rough. I, I think at the end of that Embracer article too, there's, or near the middle, there's that quote of like, we're, st- we're still in the middle of this. Like yeah, we're, uh, we haven't solved they? the problem yet. Embracer still has a few larger structured divestment processes ongoing that could strengthen our balance sheet and further reduce capex so you know fewer games probably looks somewhere is either the result of fewer headcount or could result in fewer headcount also so Mm -hmm. we'll we'll see what happens there but yeah i think that's a they go hand in hand right people still make games at least as of today yeah 
Yeah, it's just the next couple of years are going to be very strange. And hopefully it all ends up in a healthier place for everyone yes. by the end of it is the best you can hope for, I think. When we're playing our Switch 2, hopefully we're celebrating the amazing games that are being made. Um, it, it probably doesn't get any weirder than now, Alex Navarro. Mm-hmm. Unless Post Malone were to say, show up related to some video game product. Oh, you know, this isn't that weird in the grand scheme of things. It's slightly random, but whatever. Um, yeah, Post Malone is the soundtrack curator for the WWE 2K game that is out next month. Um, I guess the more notable thing, other than his taste in music being extremely predictable, uh, is that uh, he's also in the game as DLC. What is what is the what is the history for something like this? I mean, the recent history is they have definitely put celebrities in these games before, like uh, okay. more recently. I mean, I'm using the term celebrity, big C celebrity, like, say, a Bad Bunny, and a lower C celebrity, like a Logan Paul, uh, who is wrestle- actually wrestling more full-time now. Um, those things are, it's very much like, hey, they've done this, they've gotten these people for these games before. Post Malone, as far as I know, has never wrestled for WWE, so that one is slightly odd, Mm. but it's not unheard of. I mean, let's not forget the days when Fred Durst was in SmackDown. Never will. Never will. Look, they put Solid Snake and Smash Brothers. I mean, that's that's capital C celebrity. Yeah, they shouldn't have done that. I'm, I'm, I'm too busy thinking about when they put Fred Durst in Fallout New Vegas. Wait, did they? Apparently, Wait, who's somebody, they? Who did that? A modder did, but it, oh. apparently th- this is like a long-lost Fallout New Vegas mod <laughs> where they put Fred Durst in as a companion character, and this mod was apparently just recovered recently huh. and, and made available again, and you should go look up some footage of it. It's very funny. Okay. Backwards baseball hat and everything? Mm-hmm. I'll, uh, I'll just tell you, they, they just took lines from all the songs and made them his dialogue. <laughs> perfect. It's great. No notes. Alex... Can you tell me if you recognize these songs? I'm going to read some. Please uh, do. Uh, Chemical by Post Malone. Yeah, I don't know that one offhand. Okay. Laugh It Off by Post Malone. I, I can. There's like maybe two <laughs> Post Malone songs I actually know. And it's not those two. I don't think it's those two. Uh, Hand Crushed by a Mallet by 100 Gex. Okay, uh, I do know 100 Gex. I don't know their songs by name. Put Your Hands Where My Eyes Can See. Yes, I know that one. Motorcycle by Coulter Wall. Genesis by Grimes. I know Grimes. Do It Faster by Military Gun. I know Military Gun. I don't know any of their music. Big Rig by Pigs, Pigs, I somehow Pigs, Pigs, do Pigs, know Pigs, this song Pigs, because it was in Rock okay. Band also. Okay. Uh, Not That Nice by Speed. Nope. Mystery by Turnstile. I know Turnstile and I know that song. House Fire by Tyler Child- Childers. No, nah, Child- I don't know that one. Uh, and, uh, Brad, do you have this, uh, do you have this list in front of you? Mm-hmm. Do you do the umlaut one here? Probably better than I could. Oh, I don't, I don't know what an E umlaut would be. <laughs> uh, beat her, beat her off by Yeet. Yeah. You okay. <laughs> I, I think I'm aware of Yeet. Um, I know so few of these songs and artists. I was really afraid I was going to mix up the artist and the song reading these off. So I don't know. Here's any- the thing. These soundtracks are not for us, even me, the person who plays this game, because I am the older outlier of people who play these games. Most of the people who play these games are in their 20s, maybe early 30s. Okay. It's for them. And teenagers, yeah. It's not for Uh, me. 
Do we know when this game comes out? WWE. Oh, geez. Okay. Soon. Yeah. Soon. They've Soon. just, I think they're almost done announcing the roster, which means that they can finally put it out. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully they're not still building the roster. Just announcing they the roster. They probably cut a couple of people, though not everyone. Mm. Let's just say oh. Vince McMahon's definitely not in there. Right. Yes. As far yes. as I can tell. Yes. You can go Brock listen to the still is. podcast for yeah. he- hearing. Hearing the the side the klaxon go off about oh no oh the wrestling mm-hmm. got really bad no wrestling is 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 it's dark right now, uh, that is the news uh, I think unless there is more news no that's good not enough. yet good enough wow well, here we have it confirmed folks a switch in 2025 an Xbox I don't know 2026 and a PlayStation Pro somewhere probably between there you've heard and it a chicken here first. in every pot. And a chicken in every pot, uh, a Microsoft, a, a Minecraft on every console. Um, also, I'm going to uh, amend something I said earlier about when, when I said Jeff Grubb had said the next Xbox in 2026. I think I think he was just communicating leaks mm-hmm. that are out there from from like credible leakers, but it, that's not to be clear. I don't think that was him sourcing that directly from from his sources. I think he was just passing along what has been leaked from other places. You don't want to pin it all on Jeff Grubb. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think he's I saying. Do. I don't think he's saying he has corroborated that. I think. I think he was just uh, saying this is what's being said by some known leakers. Fair enough. Look, everything I said there was made up and also rumor. You should know. I'm. That's right. But you can. But you can quote me on it and go and go spread that around as true. That's going to do it for the news. We do have an email address: podcast at nextlander dot com. Podcast at nextlander dot com. Brad Shoemaker, do we have, let's say, one email there to pick out for today? We do. It is a returning emailer. I think we read one of their emails last week, and here we are again. Okay. From Octavus. If you claim to have, quote, eaten entire, an entire pizza. Yes. What does that mean to you? Wait, does what? It have, does it have to be in one sitting? Can you take a few hours break and still say you ate an entire pizza? Is there a cutoff when it moves from one meal to another? <sighs> oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. I know you can say you ate an entire pizza as long as you ate the entire pizza. The time period does not matter. Oh, I know. I, I strongly I disagree. disagree. Strong disagree. I, I but strong if you disagree. ate the whole pizza, you ate the whole pizza. Over the course I, of a week? I think. No, not. I mean, I don't know who's doing that. But like, if you eat, again, if you eat all of the pizza, if every yeah. crumb of the pizza I, is eaten by you, yeah. I, you ate all the pizza. I uh, think to say I ate a whole pizza is equal parts bragging rights and self-loathing. <laughs> well, yeah. And... You're saying you did something very bad. What? Uh, here's I, what I'm going to say. I'm going to say your timeline is irrelevant. It is what you do between eating slices of pizza. If you were to go out and eat something else and come back and eat a slice of pizza at another time, then you have broken the streak. It needs to be contiguous pizza eating. So if you ate that whole pizza in a week, as long as you're just eating that pizza – Man, you ate that entire pizza. But if you eat two slices a day and then you're like, I had a ham sandwich and I had some breakfast and I had two more slices for dinner, then I'm going to say, no, I'm not counting that as you ate that entire pizza because you missed the self-loathing part then yeah. of mm. just having eaten pizza straight. I see what you're every- saying. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to go further. Okay. okay. I think, A, the pizza needs to be irresponsibly large for one person. Yeah, of course. No personal B- pizzas here. B... Ideally, you've done it all in one sitting or at a minimum yeah. without waiting until you got legitimately hungry again. 
okay, but they're yes, okay, legitimately hungry again. That's a good one. I'm gonna say there's there a qualifier here, an asterisk, maybe one of those crosses that say, mm-hmm. look, if you were eating that pizza at night and you woke up in the morning and the first thing you did was eat that pizza, you're okay, my boy. You are yeah, you are so. you're allowed See to see a doctor. <laughs> you're allowed to be saying you ate that whole pizza because I feel like I recently did that where I was eating pizza one night. And I, the first thing I did when I woke up was eat the rest of that pizza. Mm. I, I do think say. that spiritually, yes, mm. sitting in, 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 if not an all in one sitting, then one long sitting is definitely the way most people would think of that. But I still think if you eat an entire pizza, doesn't matter how long it is, you ate that entire pizza. All, all I know is that anytime I have said I ate an entire pizza or somebody else has said that, it's always been with the implicit understanding, but I shouldn't have. Yes, of course. Yes, it is. Regretfully, I have eaten this whole pizza. I'm I'm sorry to inform you. I ate this entire pizza. They were so delicious. They were whatever, whatever. Listen, if you manage to eat an entire pizza and not regret it, I will follow you into battle. Look, I I wish I lived a life where I could eat a whole pizza and not regret it. I would. I wish I was you know doing laps and swimming and my my doctor said look man you need to get 8000 calories in a sitting that's just where your body's it's not a at. good doctor that's, <laughs> that's not that's a good just, doctor they shouldn't tell you that <laughs> that's just not the life i lead that's that's not a bad thing no no well i don't well i'm saying what i'm saying is if i could be like oh yeah no i eat a whole pizza at every sitting and i'm i'm good with it that's where i need to be but no that's that's dark it's not where i need to be it's it happens accidentally Eating a whole Sicilian pie in a sitting, that's oh also, that's, God. that's like a, eating a table. You just ate a table of pizza. That's a lot. Kind of making me want pizza, honestly. I know. Listen, order pizza. I need to get some pizza. I've run into the thing with pizza now. Each of my family members, a pizza will normally come in like a slices of eight, right? Mm-hmm. And each family member will eat two slices of pizza. I'm a three pizza slicer. That's... That's kind of where I live. I live on that third slice, man. That's you're out here minimum. on the edge. I'm, <laughs> that's my minimum intake of pizza. I don't care how big the slice is. It's three slices. All right. I need you heard it here first. I'm getting close to having to order two pies. Is what I'm saying. Is what I'm saying. But then you have all that leftover pizza. Hell yeah! Another bonus. I mean, it kind of the- is, but then. <laughs> You know, it's just like you don't want to eat a whole pizza and then have like one slice of the other pizza and then suddenly have, you know, <laughs> seven, seven slices eighths of the a fridge. fucking pizza left. You do that next day. I mean, it's like, man, I got pizza forever. <sighs> You're right. It's bad choices all around. You're right. You know what happens? Mozzarella sticks. That's what happens. Just get a side of mozzarella sticks. Is that how that's mozzarella sticks happen? That's <laughs> That's how they should happen. When you're like, they taught I, me in Sunday school. Uh, that is going to do it for the emails, and that is going to do it for the podcast. Uh, like I mentioned before, we got a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash nextlander. You can find the Watchcast where we did Dick Tracy, and mm-hmm. we recorded uh, our Dark Man, uh, our Dark Man movie watch recital. Yep let's say or talking about dark man uh we announced what we're going to be doing for the, the rest of the watch cast for, uh, for what, next four month. weeks five weeks yeah. at least uh which is going to be continuing down this path of they made superhero movies not like quite like pre-mcu 
post Batman pre MCU. But also um, none of these are Marvel movies that we're watching. None of these so. are Marvel movies. Yes. Um, we did our pre MCU Marvel stuff last year for a little while. Now we're doing some other stuff. Yeah. It, what what was the um, hero industry like in the in the mid to uh, early nineties? Wildly varied in quality. It turns out <laughs> it's pretty weird. Uh, movies that will include uh, the Rocketeer and at some point the Phantom. Yes, uh, uh, you can the get the Phantom. full list. The fucking <laughs> Phantom. God, what are we doing with our lives? It's a range of movies. It uh, is a range. I, I need more Billy Zane. <laughs> You'll get a lot of it coming out of coming out of Twin Peaks. I need more. Young Billy Zane. You will slam evil by the time we are done. <laughs> you uh, you can get the full uh, rundown of that when the Darkman watchcast goes up. Uh, that'll be on next Monday. We got Never Been a Better podcast currently up there. Uh, we got the Ramblecast, a whole bunch of stuff up there. You can check it all out at patreon.com slash nextlander, where you can find a tier that is right for you. By joining any tier, you support us. You support the people we bring on this show as guests. Like I said, we'll have uh, Will Smith on uh, hopefully joining servers on a Helldivers run on Friday. A bunch of different tiers there starting at $5. Find a tier that's right for you. But there is one tier there that gets their names read on this here podcast. And I'm going to read those names for us today. Starting with Sean Miller. R-R-E. Infelicitous Rips. Kelly F, Brian Lucier, Skywarp, John Hubbard, Evan Cook, Mark Wilhelm, Jerry Lee, sometimes Deidre forgets to change her name, Gary Pejke, Robert Fisher, Yabs, Peter Reardon, Jad Rita, Statics, Fantasticasm89, Andrew Jackson, Megacrane, Razgriz in the Red Dress, Brian Murphy, Randy Duax, Andrew Tiebkin, Alex Wu, It's Me JP, Matt Clements Jr., Edward Chick, Andrew Slosky, Steve Lynn, Matthew Herrig, David Campos, and Tyler Treese. Thank you to all our mysterious benefactors, and thanks to everyone for supporting us, whether it's on Patreon, whether it's on Twitch, whether it's on YouTube. Whether it's just saying to your friends, this is one of the greatest podcasts I've ever listened to. You should probably go listen to it. We appreciate all of it. Uh, we will have, uh, like I said, we'll have uh, hopefully some Helldivers 2 on Friday. Thursday, I think I'm going to jump into Pacific Drive. That game comes out on Thursday. That's uh, uh, when this podcast goes up for the public. Uh, Brad, what are you getting up to on Thursday? Do you know I'm, yet? I'm torn. Okay. Rip torn. Prim- Primarily torn as to whether I should play more Final Fantasy VII Remake or not. Ooh, you know, I Maybe. want you to get through that game, so whatever yeah. gets you there, man. Yeah. Streaming games, for, I mean, everybody's different, but for me, it tends to be the worst way to absorb the game. Mm-hmm. Sure. Last time I streamed it, I then went back and watched all the cutscenes again because I had barely absorbed any of the dialogue. Fair enough. Uh, still got um still got some of those uh, weird steam demos if they're yeah, still available yes, got some got some some of those went offline some of them became they unavailable, did. okay but, but i've still got a few uh that i might check out thinking about playing some geometry wars for a variety Hell of yeah. reasons love it I never love still it. never got that last achievement. go There's for still it time it'll be a variety let's say uh, you can check that out on thursday in the on the east coast a little later in the in the afternoon a little little evening 
spreading them out, spreading them out. And Alex and I went into cyberpunk in the story mode to push things forward there. Uh, and then also you can check out the cyberpunk guide and stuff where it's the side story business happening mm-hmm. over on the YouTube channel. You can check that out. Uh, Alex and I are going to be at PAX East. Uh, I think that's in, officially announced now. Yeah. And we're going to have uh, never been a better beast cast. I think is what we're calling it, but basically a beast cast reunion, uh, trying to get as many folks out there uh, to join us as possible. Uh, whoever can make it. So come join us at PAX, if you're there, I think it's on Saturday in the afternoon. I don't have the schedule in front of me. I, but I do have it in front of me. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, okay. it is indeed. 3 p.m. Saturday. 3 p.m. In Saturday. the Condor Theater. Condor Theater. Pretty sure we got uh, uh, Bacalar, Dan, uh, uh, at least those uh, goofballs. I believe Abby will has, be there. Co- has confirmed that she will okay. be joining us as well. Great. Join us for PAX. What's what's the, do you have the actual date there? Uh, it's like March March twenty third, twenty third, twenty third. March twenty third. Come join us there, and you know, just say hi if uh, if we see us walking around. Come say hi. It's been a while since I've been on a pack. I always like being it's on been the floor and saying years. Yeah, pre pandemic. I think <laughs> I'll maybe I'm gonna head down to the board game part. Hopefully they still got it. Uh, see what people are playing over there. Go find some uh, bean bags. Yeah. Go, Break out my Nintendo DS and sit street pass. Street Do some street pass. passing. Yes, I, I bet that I bet that's an exclusive club. People <laughs> still street passing. People who still street pass at PAX. Is that still up? Is that service still running? Um, I think it was all peer to peer, right? I don't think it had to hit anything to work. I don't know. Yeah, Nintendo. I think as long as your system can still broadcast, it can do it. <laughs> Although people did, I think I mentioned before, they found a way to hack it to work over the internet. Oh, okay. Well, good. For people who wanted to get all the regions and stuff. Well, comes I'm not going to have my DS, but come Street Pass with me anyway. Switch to uh, better have Street Passing. Uh, we'll, we'll do a fist bump, and that'll be our next Lender Street Pass. Uh, so again, come join us at PAX. That's going to do it for our show. I'm trying to think if I'm forgetting anything else, but I think I covered all of it. That's it. Uh, thanks, everybody. Thanks again for everybody who played with my family in Helldivers and was very nice and gave them a very good onboarding into what online games could be like in a perfect world. Of just nice people and and good game and GGs. Uh, thank you, Alex Navarro. Good luck thank with you. Zeke. Oh yeah, I'm over the moon for this dude. Great, Brad Shoemaker. Thank you very much. Good luck with the stream on Thursday. Thank you. I hope you get your Geometry Wars achievement mm. if you play it. If you so uh, set out, I hope you achieve it. Achievement like twelve, thirteen years in the making. <laughs> Momentous. Uh, don't miss it. It's don't miss streaming TV. I think that that was literally the achievement that I started doing Breaking Brad for, if I'm not mistaken. I would, I would be, I can't wait to see. Uh, no pressure. And uh, catch us on Friday. Hopefully, we'll be hell diving with Will Smith. Thanks everybody for joining us, and we'll be back next week. <laughs>